Production. Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to our podcast. We are People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International. I always have to pause to make sure I don't say freedom from covert harassment and surveillance. Uh, I'm Derek Robinson, the moderator. It is Monday, February the 22nd, 2016. We're here on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time if you'd like to join us live at our uh, podcast. We are here to educate and assist those who are targets of organized stalking, remote electronic assault, and more, and to let you know that you are not alone and that there are many thousands and millions of us nationwide and worldwide working together for our freedom. Views expressed during our podcast are solely those of our callers. Now for a few announcements. Um, A conference call church is starting up this Saturday, February the 27th, 2016. The talk show number is 140567. The time is 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. The pastor is Dr. Millicent Black, and she can be reached at mgrace321 at gmail.com. Tuesday, March the 15th, 2016, is being declared International Targeted Individual Awareness Day. All targeted individuals worldwide are being called upon to peacefully protest in front of the National or Federal Courthouse in their city. There is starting a targeted individual awareness meetup who is sponsoring this event. And the organizer can be reached at Jeff Kelly USA 713 at hushmail.com. That's Jeff Kelly, K E L L E Y, USA 713 at hushmail.com. And the International Human Rights and Unconventional Weapons Conference is being held on Sunday and Monday, March the 27th and 28th. 2016, in Bologna, Italy. The contact person is Nadia Krita. That's Krita Nadia is her email address, C-R-E-T-A, Nadia, N-A-D-I-A, the number seven at gmail.com for more information. The PayPal button is finally up on our website, which is paxntl.org, and some of you are gratefully starting to send in your memberships, which is much appreciated. And now you can PayPal them in as well. The PayPal email address is info at paxntl.org if you'd like to use the the, uh, email address. Or you can use the donate button at our website. If you'd like to mail in your donation and your membership, our mailing address is pax, P-A-C-T-S, International, P.O. Box 5405 in Hemet, California, 92544. And our membership is now at $25. Now, the other CI groups are charging $30 for membership. However, we are remaining at $25. Okay, tonight we're going to be talking about the federal statutes, and we had uh, basically started a discussion 
uh, just before the recording, and I would like to get this information on uh, recording. And Jesus Mendoza was giving us some very good information about some um, equipment that he would like to present as evidence that shows um, what we're being targeting targeted with, and that would be great if you'd like to produce that um, that photograph and add that to our information as evidence. So um, that type of evidence and whatever type of evidence that you may have um, would also be appreciated if you'd like to send that along as well. Okay, uh, so we'll update you on the progress of the documents. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Stu Snyder is the volunteer who is putting together the document. And uh, it is to, um, to Sue that you should send your summaries. And her email address is sue, S-U-E underscore Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, at hotmail.com. Okay, the document is still evolving. People are sending in uh, statutes to be added to the document. So it's, um, it's now in a draft form, and we may be adding statutes um, over the next uh, few weeks. We'll be adding uh, the stories to the final document. So um, in a few weeks when all this will be put together along with uh, evidence, some people would like to send um, uh, some some of their pictures along that can also be added. Uh, Jesus has um, a photograph. He says of some of the equipment that is rare because not many people in the community have seen uh, the equipment that's targeting them. Uh, usually, people see them uh, the equipment from afar, uh, a neighbor's house, um, and so forth. But um, it sounds like Jesus has a close-up picture of what's targeting him. That will be important evidence. So we'd, we'd like to, to see that and include that in the document. Okay, um, the draft of the document is located at our website, uh, paxntl.org. And if you click on the newsletter slash events tab, uh, you will see there the information about the federal statutes and also a place where you can download the, uh, the federal statutes um, in the form that it's in. That way you can see the, um, the statutes that we've compiled so far and we'll be adding to that. And uh, whatever you feel uh, is being violated in your case, um, you could send that federal statute along with um, uh, uh, well, to Sue Snyder at her email address, which is sue, S-U-E underscore Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R at um, hotmail.com. Okay, um, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and open the, uh, the call for comments about the document. And if, if you have questions, if you have uh, information, um, if you have evidence, that will be appreciated. So we'd like to hear from you at this time. So if you'd start eight, uh, we'll take your comments and begin our discussion. Yeah, Derek. Hi. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, this is Mark. Oh, Mark. Down, hi, Mark. down in Haltom City. And I was just wanting to ask about, uh, I have asked before about Roger Tulsa's and uh, 
has anyone in our group ever had any success in using him to gather evidence or information? Uh, and <clears throat> he has, so he claims that he has about a half a million dollars worth of equipment and that he will, uh, I'm, I'm saying this for the benefit of the group, uh, if they don't know much about Roger Tulsus, but uh, he is an expert. He has this company. Uh, I'm not sure of the name, but I think it's Bug Sweeps. And he, you can reach him at bugsweeps.com. And the phone number for his uh, site and uh, personal cell, I think, it's his personal cell phone or his company phone, is 760-668-2245. And I'll repeat that. The number again is 760-668-2245. And uh, this guy can with this equipment, round up enough information that he says could be damning against a perpetrator and can be used in a court battle. Uh, if, you, if you're going to have this litigate and you're going to sue, this would be good evidence that he could round up, document, and, and he would back it up. He would stand by it, and this guy is an expert. He's an electronics technician. He knows a lot about this sort of thing. And uh, But I asked him a few months ago that if I got the money together, could he come to my location and round up the evidence that I needed to get a lawsuit started? And he said, yes, I could. And he told me the amount that I would need. And he said for one person uh, to put him on an airplane, put his equipment on uh, that plane or possibly another plane uh, would to open with would be close to $8,000. And he doesn't make a lot of money doing this. It's a living. And uh, he is interested in that way, but I was also wondering if the group could not one by one finance some of some of his assistance and uh, to put monies together on on possible donations or uh, being that we are a 501c3 nonprofit that we could possibly get some money together uh, in that way to get Roger rolling on rounding up evidence for our cause. And I, I just want some input from you uh, to find out, is, is this a good idea? Um, if you have a specific project that you have in mind for him to do, uh, that will be fine. Um, he might yeah, that be guy's a scam. Don't save your money. Karen's one of the moderators here on FFCHS, and uh, she spent a whole bunch of money. Okay, hold on just a minute. Uh, don't interrupt, please. Um, let's see. 
Okay, let me get back on track. Um, let's see, if, if, if there's a specific project that we have in mind for him to do, and uh, we as a community want to pay him to do this, um, that will be fine. His, um, his, his work is impeccable. It's, it's expert. Um, he charges a lot of money, so we'd have to raise significant uh, I mean, it, it, would run, it would run into the thousands, whatever it is yes, that, it would. that we want him to do. But he'd be very meticulous in the way he went about it. And uh, I believe his ev- evidence would hold up in court. Yes, it would. Um, he, he guarantees it, too. He himself would not appear in court to speak on our behalf. But we would uh, be able to use his material uh, as evidence. And so if um, it could be corroborating evidence for whatever that we have going on. Um, so it could be useful in that way. So, um, but we probably have to have, um, it would have to be part of an evidence package. Yes. I would guess because um we might look at certain types of evidence that we would need, say something that would supplement what Melinda Kidder and Dr. Sandinger are doing. Um, he could, you know, provide something that could fill in those gaps, whatever that might be. And um, his evidence would be impeccable and would hold up in court. There's, there's uh, things that he could do by way of... Uh, the readout and a printer that would have the evidence transferred over from the computer information on the screen, uh, the the info would be in print, and uh, yes, it would be uh, hard evidence of targeting and uh, victimizing people. And, okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. There is a, 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 a storm of controversy in the chat room right, right now about uh, about Roger. Um, I I mean, there's there's a lot of negative uh, experiences he's had with TIs. Uh, I haven't I haven't hired him myself. So I can't speak directly as a customer, uh, but some people have, yeah. and their experiences have been negative for one reason or another. Oh yeah. And um, it could be a variety of things. Some people didn't get reports, and there are other things that they're saying. Um, but anyway, before before we embarked on that. Um, you might want to consult with some people who have been actual customers of his. Well, you know, there's possibility that there could be other people out there who who render the same services that would be more helpful and more cooperative. Well, uh, and, and yeah, for I mean, us to get a, a committee together to seek and search these people out. Okay, we'd have to. Um, yeah, we'd have to do a bit. I don't know of anybody that's really more advanced than Roger uh-huh. as far as he as equipment and things like that. Um, 
But anyway, I, I'm not sure of the details because so many people have had various types of um, experiences with him. Mm-hmm. So I would have to let them speak about him. Um, right. Anyway, um, potentially, you know, if all goes well, he, um, he has uh, all kinds of equipment, really advanced stuff that uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone else has. Um, but anyway, uh, if we have to talk about exactly what it is that you want to do and decide whether or not you want to use Roger. And that's all I right, can say. Right, right, from, from person to person. I also wanted to ask if there's anyone out there that uh, in our group or listeners that have called in on uh, occasion that know people like uh, Deborah Tavares, uh, people like her, they, that she would be a very good source to find out who there uh, there are people out there that do that kind of work, and it might go on a voluntary level. They may not be as articulate and have the equipment, but it would it would very possibly be uh, enough information to round it up and to present it as evidence in a courtroom. And uh, Deborah Tav- uh, Tavares, I think, would be a a good person to. She is very cooperative and very kind. She's a, a, a nice lady. Well, yeah, she's a nice lady. But um, again, what you have to be clear about is: does the evidence point to a, a particular defendant, and who it is? You've got to name who the defendants are in your case. And yes. Yeah. Thanks. And, it's, and I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking for the group as as one. Well, I'm not. I'm, uh, not, uh, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying that for this to hold up in court, you know, these factors all have to line up together. Yes. And um, they have to point specifically. And see, that's the thing. I think Dr. Standinger has evidence that points specifically to this country, this agency, this individual, you know, she's very specific sometimes in her reports. Uh-huh. So it may it might be that um just by using Dr. Standinger's information you might be able to put together a picture that would be um very uh convincing to a judge mm-hmm. jury. Right. So um but that would be up for that would be something for the attorney to decide, whoever that is, and if you need something more more in depth as to whether you want to go further. Right. But anyway, um, my suggestion is that, you know, for for a class action, that you kind of cherry-pick your uh, your plaintiffs, um, set out, you know, a, um, a set of criteria, and those in the community that have those exact matches, there you go. You have your class right there. It doesn't have to be 200 people. It, it can be 20 people. And that will be a class action. As mm-hmm. long as they um, they match up exactly in terms of how they were uh, injured, what exactly, uh, who exactly the defendants are, um, the circumstances have to be similar or exact. I'm not an attorney, but I'm just kind of giving you generally uh, some guidelines. And the attorney can tell you more exactly what will be needed, but everything would have to match up exactly before they would be considered a class. So um, 
you know, I would I would take that approach. And you can probably find twenty or so people in the community with very similar or exact matches for a certain set of criteria. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, Deer in the headlights is chomping at the bit to say something, and she wants to say something about Roger. She's uh, so I'm I'm going to unleash her for a few <laughs> for a few yeah. minutes. So hold on. Um, okay. Um, Karen, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, and, and and you want to say something about Roger? I okay. did. I just wanted to say that when I hired him, uh, he demanded the money up front. As soon as I paid him, he became really, really rude and obnoxious and started yelling at my daughter and yelling at me for no reason at all, trying to get thrown out deliberately so he wouldn't have to stay the full night. Then when his stupid 1960s-looking equipment didn't pick up the same signal my little meter picked up, he insisted that that signal didn't exist even though it was screaming and uh, refused to acknowledge it, refused to give me the report he promised, even though he did pick up radar at the very beginning of the um, uh, time he was there. And um, he basically, from my perspective and from my opinion and my gut-level feeling, that was a complete and utter scam artist ripoff, but I was so desperate I hadn't found the group yet. I didn't know anything. And he was Oh, you hadn't found the group me. yet. Oh, wow. No, okay. and he, he came on the Internet, and he had this big, impressive voice, and he sounded really good, and so I rushed out to hire him. And then afterwards, I mean, I realized I was totally ripped off. Was I didn't know anything, and then I found you guys. And I warned everybody what he did. It was horrible. He traumatized my family. He, even my daughter said, throw him the hell out. She was 18 at the time. And I said, no, honey, that's what he wants. He's going to have to stay here the whole five days and do what he's supposed to do. And he did. But he refused to acknowledge anything I picked up that was screaming with signal. He said, oh, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And he was real rude and real obnoxious and real pushy and kind of thug-like, to be real honest with you. He kind of felt like a thug, the same way these other guys, these perps kind of treat us like thugs. It was that same attitude. I'm sorry to say that, but that is exactly the attitude it was. So I'm just passing that on, and you all can do what you want. I can't tell anybody anything except my experience, and I'm done. Thanks. I I thoroughly agree with what you're saying. And uh, Roger isn't necessarily the the only uh, being in the pot. (laughs) <laughs> there's other people out there who do this kind of work. Who, yeah, who, there are plenty. I didn't want anybody to go down the wrong road with him. But sure, yeah. if you guys want to look into other professionals that have a reputation, a good reputation, that would be an excellent idea. There are a bunch uh, that other people are using that have had really good luck with, like that Kidder lady that is associated with um, Dr. Saninger's group whatever her name is. I think it's Kidder, isn't it? Is that her last name? Or The lady who tests you with a meter. She's supposed to be amazing and come up with all kinds of fascinating information. But there's probably and, millions of others. I don't know. I did oh, there, there are. We just need to get some people together to find out who they are, who the uh, companies are that back them with the equipment that they have and render. And oh, uh, for us and, to... Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but um, not a problem. I just wanted to mention also that um, Melinda Kidder has has um, 
relate to me that she actually has equipment that can erase a microchip. You know, can I share something with you guys? Um, this is a sure. new thing to me that um, just happened like yesterday and I was all excited. I am renting one of my mom's units, she has two, renting one of her little crummy units to a guy who I think is um, possibly signals intelligence and I say he has a clearance and um, he actually did work, uh, was in the service and did work for the satellite communications, as a satellite communications engineer. And he knew all about tortured individuals and, radio, and uh, communication signals hurting people. And I asked him later if he'd be willing when he gets settled in to come on our calls and share his information with the, our people. And he said he would love to. So um, he did talk about the signal hopping, however, with me the other day. And he talked about how in the old days when he was doing this, you actually actually had to go stand there and uh, make the signal hop manually. And he said, today, the computers they have are fabulous. And I said, yeah, they're quantum computers, right? And he said, yeah, how did you know? Anyway, it's really, really interesting, the connections I made with this guy. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm moving forward fearlessly because he's uh, very open about everything and is willing to come on our calls and talk about all this interesting stuff that he knows about um, because he's not doing it anymore, but he used to do it, and he knows all about this. So um, taking in mind the signal hopping thing that he mentioned that they were doing back then and that now the quantum computers are doing, getting somebody with a little meter to test for signals is going to be difficult when not only are they piggybacking on other signals, but they're signal hopping on other signals as they're piggybacking. So it's a sophisticated system, and you might ask Duncan how to do that, detect yeah, it with a meter. Yeah, you're exactly right about the signal hopping, and yeah. which makes detection very difficult. So... Um, but anyway, I don't know very many people that have really attempted um, signal detection. Um, very few relatively in the community have um, have gone that route. However, um, some have. Eric, we have a yeah. lot of people that have tri-field meters. Quite a few people do. Uh, and, and they don't have... Pardon me? Right, right. Well, I was I was just agreeing with you. Oh, I thought you said we don't have a lot of people. I was going to say we do have a lot of people. Some have the RF Explorer even, which is a pretty sophisticated, pretty pricey, and some have multiple meters. Were you saying, I thought I heard you say very few people in our group have meters. I misheard you. Well, I mean, okay, what I meant by very few was um, that there are few that um, have ventured out into... Um, the arena of of um, well, I could be wrong of of signal detection. Um, from what I, from what my estimation, relative, I mean, you know, as compared to the community, some you know, a lot of people do have them, but they're relatively few in the community. I think that's what I was trying to say. Can I break in for a second, please? Um, um, yeah. I don't know if that was that was Helena talking about piggybacking and signal hopping. I don't know who that was. Okay. See, in that kind of scenario, going back to the gentleman who was charging $8,000 bug sweeps, if there was to be some kind of court appearance and the defending attorney wanted to cross-examine that information, he would have to be there in court. The person who originates the report 
makes the report, uses the equipment, has to be there in order to be cross-examined by the defense or else they can claim a mistrial. That's number one. Number two, there's a signal and a frequency. Tri-fields are only good for signals. In order to identify what's being used, you have to have the frequency. Now, then you cross-reference the patents, and that's how you find out what's being used. But I just wanted to make people clear about that. And can I also add, when it comes to how someone growing angry or treating someone else a little roughly, the minute the, that you get someone around who's going to help you do something, the perps are going to do everything they can to alter their personality or the moods and how they think and feel as well as you do. They're going to do everything they can to make people feel, let's just say, grumpy and let it go at that. Because I understand exactly what the lady was talking about when she said that he got grumpy as soon as he got the money. But that probably has a lot to do with the perps handling the atmosphere around us along with our emotions and thoughts and feelings. And if they can do it to us, they can do it to everyone else that's that has any contact with us at all. Yeah, I I'm not sure. I, I, wanted, I wanted to comment about, I think it was Helena that has uh, or knows people or someone that has an electronic device that can erase implants and uh, microchipping implants and such and uh, if she's still out there to comment, I'd like to know more about that. Oh, which which meter uh, erases you said? Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, when you have uh, a magnetic strip and you want to remove or add information, that's basically what the microchips are. Uh, you can you can program in and take information out. And you can neutralize a microchip or a, a magnetic implant. And it's all it is is a, a very strong magnetic pulse, positive or negative. And uh, the, it, it, it's just manipulation of, of the magnetic field that we are uh, saturated with or uh, with nano... Uh, metal particulates, nanotech particulates, and uh, there, are, there are rumors going around that there are possibilities that people, the entire body, can be the information that how they torture us can be neutralized with magnetic frequency pulses. And... Okay. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think Dwight Mangum has uh, touched on that subject matter. Magnetic frequency pulses. Okay, well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, well, you know, I have one conversation, uh, actually, uh, uh, you know, a few conversations with, uh, exchanged some emails with Melinda Kenner about this device that she has. And she was saying that she uh, she's only used it once that I know of. And the person that she was scanning didn't show any microchips. Uh, they only showed nanoparticles. 
So at that time, she hadn't used it specifically on a uh, bio implant as yet. But she claims it has this, this uh, capability. So, um, but, you know, if, if there are other devices that can do that, uh, also that we can affordably obtain, then uh, we need to know about that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Derek, Derek, before you get into another subject, could I ask you to please repeat your mailing address and is there an 800 number to call? Okay, the mailing the mailing address is uh, PAX International, and it's PO Box 5405. 5405, okay. And that is Hemet, H-E-M-E-T, okay. California, 92544. Okay. Is there an 800 number? Um, the 800 number, not quite yet. Okay. But we're working on that. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks, Matt. Okay. Um, Derek, Derek that, me, that, um, address, uh-huh. that address uh, was PAC International. Yeah. And 545 uh, is a street address? PO Box 5405. P O box five four oh five. Okay. Yes, right. And I have the uh Senate California nine two five four four. Uh Hammett, that is spelled that's spelled H as in Henry, E as in Edward, M like Mary, E E as in Edward T like Tom, Hammett. Hammett. Okay. Good. Good. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Um, let's see. Could we... Um, we are talking about the document, and we we can talk about that for a little while. It's, it's, you'll have to uh, stay on that all night, but if we want to... Um, you know, if someone has questions or comments about this document that we're putting together, um, I'd like to, um, to entertain those questions or comments for you know, a little while longer. And before we move into various other topics. Okay. Um, uh, Derek? Yes. Am I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was unmuted. Sorry about that. Um, what I wanted to ask you about that is, are you talking about penal codes? Like California penal codes or whatever state they're living in? Because... Um, uh, these are, these would be federal statutes. Federal, okay, would, federal statutes. All right. That and, would be the case. Mm-hmm, go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, what I wanted to ask you was, um, would something that we all have in common would be um, acts of terrorism, hate crimes, assault. Uh, with deadly weapons, we're assuming that these are deadly weapons or non-lethal, but they become um, deadly eventually. You get hit over and over and over with um, one thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. They will be uh, ending in death. So 
that's my question is um is that what you're talking about like acts of terrorism we know well we don't know are they illegal uh we know assaults illegal we know there's some sort of a weapon used um to cause injuries that's illegal so is that the right direction or are you talking about different um are you talking about the injuries that's what i'm trying to say and property okay. damage and things like that bodily harm if if you want to talk about uh injuries um you know, if if we were to cite this as domestic terrorism mm-hmm. we'd have to kind of um we'd have to kind of paint this as something that um that terrorizes the civilian population okay. and um, in some fashion. So we don't have to think about how, how we can present that. But, you know, I, I'm convinced that it is domestic terrorism because yeah. these people have a network of individuals that they are tracking and tormenting. Yeah. And this is definitely, um, I would say this, this qualifies as domestic terror. Because sure. they push people's buttons to where, to where they they cause these active shooters, which cause they cause terror. So they're they're definitely a, a vehicle for domestic terrorism. Who knows that guy in Michigan? I mean, they could have pushed his buttons. Sure. So, um, and Aaron Alexis, you know, Myron May, these these people were active shooters and were target individuals. So. What we're citing, you know, I would say easily comes under the heading. Okay. Um, all right. And I have one other question for you before I go heading off in the wrong direction, writing all these things down and researching. Um, in my estimation, again, I've you know, said over and over, I think that all targets are victims of financial crimes, whether it's getting them out of their houses, identity theft, account takeover, um, getting him to use medical, whatever, on and on and on. But um, do you think that, well, I guess I answered my own question, this is um, white-collar crime? Would I mean, because to me, white-collar crime is listed and identified as crimes that involve professionals from every field, including government. That's the legal, I mean, from what I've found the definition of white-collar crime to be. I would think is, um, You know, it could be anybody from the post office, uh, postmaster to a police chief or a sheriff in our case, um, you know, and the sheriff that we had here that is now a felon, um, he was called America's sheriff. And in my estimation, uh, he set up the whole United States this way. So he was very instrumental in spreading the program from here of targeting uh, innocent uh, citizens. So does that sound to you like something that's, going in the right direction. Okay. I'm not sure how the sheriff would would factor into our situation. Well, um, 
the sheriff was involved in preventing the prosecution of many crimes and um, obstruction of justice. That's what I'm trying to say, obstruction of justice. And um, that was something, if I'm not mistaken, it was witness tampering, meaning harassment of witnesses and threatening witnesses. And um, my thinking on this is obstruction of justice, um, that's what our problem is is obstruction of justice. When we try to get justice, it's obstructed. Hello? And Hello? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, hold on a minute, please. Hold on I just know, a second. I want, I want, I, no, I wanted to answer her question. Um, uh, on the FBI uh, webpage, um, yes. it, it, it has um, on the right channel, it has key civil rights links, and it has something called color of law violations which align with your with your uh, comments about white-collar crime. And it, it says that U.S. law enforcement officers and other officials like judges, prosecutors, and security guards have been given tremendous power by local, state, and federal government agencies, authorities, and, uh, agencies, and uh, they have the authority they must have to enforce the law and ensure justice in our country. These powers include the authority to detain and arrest suspects, to search and seize property, to bring criminal charges, to make rulings in court, and to use deadly force in certain situations. And uh, they said that, you know, uh, preventing abuse of this authority is a priority. So I, since you mentioned, you know, officials are involved in our targeting, then they're misusing their, you know, their, their, their authority to, you know, prevent us from seeking from seeking justice. So I think and due process exactly right. So if you look at if you look at the FBI web webpage, it's mm-hmm. it's right there. It's right there. Great. We call federal civil rights uh, statutes, and um, it's on the home page. And then on the right, it says key civil rights links. And it says priority issues, and one of the priority issues is color of law violations, which align with your assertions that, you know, you can classify this as a white-collar crime. Okay, great. You know, thank you very much for saying that because um, I thought there was a lot of good information um, the last time, it was quite a few months ago, that I read the website and I thought it had um, some excellent information. It, had, it was the first time I'd seen that much and I thought it was um, very good. I did call, I, I just wanted to mention this too, Derek, because they have a lot of information on the FBI website about, um, uh, I just lost my train of thought, about um, help services and for victims of crime, for victims of violent crimes, et cetera. And I called everyone that was on that list, and they all said the same thing. It didn't apply to me. (laughs) It applied to other people, but it didn't apply to me because I could never get a case open. No matter what I said. That is is exactly the situation many TIs find themselves. Uh, and and the thing is, um, uh, while 
apparently you can identify at least that you have some idea who uh, your attackers are. Most TIs uh, do not, and um, but you know for those that do, you know if if they are officials, if they are corporate leaders, for example, mm-hmm. um, or whoever, then um, they can definitely be cited, and um, you know if. If that information is provided to the FBI, if we can do this as a group, it could be that they could uncover um, um, a link to a network of individuals. If we can identify specific persons, like in your case, they they might be, you know, if they decide to take this up. I mean, the FBI can do this, and um, they can do this like no one else could. Um, they could probably discover a network from here to, here to New Jersey. But Derek, they can put all the links together. But Derek, Ted, this is Jamie. I'm I'm sorry for interrupting. Ted Gunderson, I'm sure you read Ted Gunderson's eight page affidavit, right? And he's a former FBI uh director who's, you know, now deceased. And in that affidavit he said that the FBI clearly knows about the gang stalking network. He they know about it. Okay. okay. So, I mean, clearly, I mean, it's just them, you know, deciding to, you know, finally acknowledge this. And maybe they have, I mean, it's just timing for them. They know about this. But I just, I just, someone else uh, was saying, uh, could we use domestic terrorism, you know, in our complaints to the FBI? And according according to the link, um, uh, Derek, that you posted on the PACS, uh, website with regards to federal statutes that targeted individuals still um, are, are, you know, are, are, are violated. I would say look at Title 18, uh, 2331 domestic terrorism, um, because it says involve acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of criminal laws of the United States of any state. So that's under domestic terrorism. It is says it's, a, it's appeared to be intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population to influence the policy of a government by intimidation or coercion or to affect the conduct of government by mass destruction, assassination, and kidnapping. So to, mm. me, to me, it seems like the government is using Homeland Security tools to... Um, to implement acts of domestic terrorism with the with the goal of changing public policy regarding a number of things. One of them would be, you know, a ban on you know weapons. You know, every time there's a shooting spree, um, you know, the president you know has a press conference and says, you know, Congress needs to you know pass this law. So it seems like they're targeting us also for a greater political reasons, which is to expedite the, you know, the passage of certain laws that are, you know, lingering in in congressional in, in congressional uh, floor. So I mean, um, you know, that's one way. But just 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 on the face value of uh, the, you know, the definition of domestic terrorism, we could use that to describe our situation because it says involves dangerous. Dangerous acts, excuse me, involves acts dangerous to human life that are, are that are a violation of criminal laws of the United States of any state, and appear to be intended to intimidate or coerce a civilian population. You know, and once we hear about you know targeted you know individuals committing 
uh, shooting sprees, you know, um, the general population, you know, their their first thought is to become afraid of, you know, afraid of us. Of course. And therefore, you know, where the, our complaints are continuously dismissed and we're discredited. Any thoughts on that, anybody? Yes, I do. I'd like to comment about the Fort Hood shootings. They say lightning does not strike twice in the same place, exact place, and it did. Uh, the individual that uh, did the first shooting wiped out 11 or 12 people and uh, injured, horribly injured, about 35 more people. And uh, he had several handguns uh, on him when he did it. Uh, one of the uh, sergeants, a female uh, sergeant, took him out and, and uh, he did, she didn't kill him. He was paralyzed from the neck down. But uh, that person was Job Bob. He was a psychiatrist. He was a Muslim. Uh, he was born in, uh, somewhere over in the Middle East. And th- this person was, in my estimation of looking at it, a Myron May or uh, Aaron Alexis type of in the, uh, person. And uh, it's, it's not isolated to the civilian population. It's also a military internal problem also. Almost on every military base they have job mobbing and gang stalking inside mm-hmm. the military that they ignore. Right. They ignore these situations. They need to be investigated thoroughly. And that their like their sophistication of electronic weapons they they have very sophisticated equipment to do that kind of experimentation on each other. And uh it's a perfect ground for guinea pigs. Nobody's gonna uh go up against their commanders. You get court-martialed. This mm-hmm. needs to be stopped from the outside going in. It's hard to penetrate them, but it's possible that it could be done if there was enough pressure that was applied to these creeps. Uh, the military but, is not immune to this. Yeah, that's right. Well, I have one question with regards to, you know, my letter. And, Derek, I'm really having a hard time because I feel like my targeting it's so com- complicated. I'm having a hard time condensing all of this to two paragraphs. Can I please uh, sum- submit like a four or five paragraph statement? Because I just can't do it in two paragraphs. Uh, four and five is fine. Okay, that's it. Um, uh, Derek, I just wanted to say one final thing on, Ri- on Roger Tulsis because I talk to Roger also. And this pertains, um, I hope, to what you're attempting to do also. Um, I asked Roger Tulsa, I called him before, I, way before I found FSCHS. I called him in about 2006 when I realized what was going on and that I had fallen into a major trap. So at any rate, I um, agree with the speaker that said they felt he was a thug. I got the exact same impression from him and also the first thing he said to me is um, when I come out to your house 
if I find nothing, I'm going to write a report saying that I found nothing. And I said, if the devices are turned off, will your equipment be able to detect it? And my impression of what he said, well, it wasn't an impression, what he said was no. He can only detect things that are activated and that they can turn them off to the point where um, they're not detectable. So um, the other thing that pertains to this, hopefully, is I asked him, and I kind of took him off guard with this. He wasn't expecting it. But I asked him if he knew Anthony Pelicano. Because that's when I looked at Roger's pictures and all of this, you know, the, the group that he belonged to and things like that, I asked him if he knew Anthony Pelicano. And I've been saying this a lot, and I don't know if anybody ever, um, you know, took this too seriously or not, not, maybe not knowing what I was talking about. But Anthony Pelicano was convicted of stalking and gang stalking in Los Angeles court. He's very famous for this. He's a private investigator and was a friend, you know, I don't know how close a friend of Roger's. And I did ask Roger like in 2005 maybe or six, probably five, if he knew of Anthony Pelicano. I met Anthony Pelicano face to face because he was stalking me. And I knew from the conversations that I overheard that there was some kind of a celebrity PI um, involved in this. And the way that they set the trap for Anthony Pelicano was um, celebrities. He was, he was famous for bugging the phones, putting cameras in, and harassing um, uh, celebrities in uh, Hollywood who were competing for contracts and uh, they're somebody that they were competing against for a film contract or whatever um, would get stalked and harassed and their phones bugged and they did all kinds of, you know, what exactly what's going on with us was done to these celebrities. So uh, a trap was set in Los Angeles for Anthony Pelicano, and they did um, convict him twice. If I'm not mistaken, there were two separate cases that were tried at the same time, if that sounds right. He was convicted, and he claimed that he was working for the mob in the end and that there were, there were uh, mob ties to this. And one of his claims, uh, because I followed the case very closely, and that's what got me in much, much deeper to my targeting. But anyway, he, Anthony Pelicano claimed that um, when he was arrested and then put in jail until court, he claimed that the mob was after him and they were targeting him using helicopters. He particularly mentioned helicopters. And he said that they had a plot to assassinate him inside execute him, whatever you want to call it, inside the jail and uh, to, keep, to keep him from talking. And he said, it's the mob, it's the mob. And they're after me because dead men tell, my words, dead men tell no tales. But the Anthony Pelicano case, I think, is really important because um, he had a group put together that was stalking celebrities 
and harassing them right out of the city. So um, that, to me, looked like an important case. Now, what um, I used to have all the, you know, the information here, and I did a lot of research, and unfortunately, I told my perpetrators about what I found out about him, and um, it made me get targeted worse. I didn't realize that they were as bad as they were. It's still hard for me to get it through my head that it could be this bad, but it definitely, definitely is. So um, at any rate, I think that is worth looking into, Anthony Pelicano. And, you know, this house has been sacked so many times. I could send you the information, you know, it's back in 2005 and six. And right after Pelicano um, was indicted, was um, went to you know was convicted, I think of two separate cases. That's when they got the sheriff. And my assumption was that they couldn't have gotten the sheriff of this county because this was such a big crime ring that they couldn't have gotten him without some kind of testimony um, like Pelicano. And that's what Pelicano was claiming, that uh, that's why they were trying to kill him. Okay, it sounds like, um, let's see, Anthony Pelicano was arrested for wiretapping and racketeering on February Mm -hmm. 4th, 2006. Right. So it sounds like he was um, charged under the RICO statutes. Exactly. Um, and it was with a whole criminal network. Okay. Yeah. It sounds. Yeah. Mo- sounds like the mob. You know, racketeering. And yeah. uh, let's see. He was com- uh, accused of conspiring with Tom Cruise to create a wiretap. Yes. During Cruise's divorce from. It sounds like. Yeah. Just a whole um, uh, surveillance type of a ring wiretapping. Uh, racketeering comp- conspiracy um, events that were happening that caused his arrest. Uh, let's see, he was employed as a private investigator by Hollywood celebrities. Yes, and he stopped them instead of protecting most of them. He stopped them. I mean, he. Um, right. I'm sorry for interrupting you. It's just it's overwhelming to me. This amount of insanity but that's going on. But thank you for letting me talk, Derek, first of all. I, I just wanted to tell you I appreciate it. Um, but uh, yes, yes, he was hired by Celebrity, and mm-hmm. the story that came out about him and what he said also was once he got the job with Celebrity, people would come out of the woodwork, uh, meaning racketeering, the mob, saying, you're going to not protect them. You're going to make holes in their security system so we can get in, just like the hole in the roof, same kind of thing. Create a hole in their attic by the roofing company so we can go in and out. You can do the roof, but you have to create access for us. So that was the same story with Pelicano. You you can be their bodyguard. You know, you can put up wire fences if you want, electrified fences. You can do all that stuff, but you have to make sure we have a hole to get in and out of. So that's the story. That's what racketeering is. That's white-collar crime. That's what racketeering is. 
And he had, um, he actually was the original person, which I found out from the woman here who hired him. He was the person who wired the attic with old-fashioned um, alligator clips into the house phone system back in 2004, I think it was. But like I said, I met Anthony Pelicano stalking me face-to-face. And I just have to tell you the nature of these people. They run oh, away. saw him, you saying. Yes. I saw him stalking oh. me. And okay. I confronted him, mm-hmm. of course, doing my usual direct way of dealing with things, and he ran away. He and ran I wanted away. to know who hired him. That's what I wanted huh. to know. And with God as my witness, Derek, he was arrested within months after I met him and confronted him face to face. I sent a letter to the FBI in Los Angeles. I made oh phone calls for an hour and a half, sent left all kinds of stuff. But I never heard, of course, from anyone or, you know, um, had any contact. But all I know was he was indicted um, shortly there, within months after my seeing him. I knew somebody was following me, and as fast as I was opening doors to have a decent life, just doing very decent things, um, somebody was going along very quickly behind me with slander and slamming the door shut and creating, um, you know, the, the stalking that we're talking about on these calls. But I just wanted to make you aware that there has been a RICO case He was my stalker. As a matter of fact, I wrote, typical for me, I wrote like a 20-page report to the district attorney's office that was prosecuting him in L.A. And I, um, I wrote a whole report, documented everything, wrote long. I actually took it to a stationery store, had it bound, and put a cover on it. I made it into a booklet just because I wanted the pages numbered. I wanted everything together so that nobody could just take loose pages and say, oh, here's the cover sheet. I don't know what she's talking about. We didn't find the rest of it. It got lost somewhere. So I turned it into, I took it to Staples or somewhere, turned it into a booklet with uh, wire binding and sent it um, to the prosecutor in Los Angeles. And then I hand-delivered one to um, the FBI in the FBI office downtown Los Los Angeles. I can't remember exactly where it was now. But it seemed like Hill Street, but I'm not sure which street, or Wilshire, something like that. But at any rate, um, I hand-delivered a copy to the FBI and I hand-delivered a copy then afterwards. No, I'm sorry, I didn't hand-deliver it. I sent it through the mail to the prosecutor's office. I took it to the post office and got it returned, the package, unopened, returned to me. I have many photographs of this. And they put a label on top of my label where it was going to, saying no such person, no such address, blah, blah, blah. And it came back to me unopened. Then I sent another one 
same thing happened. Then I sent a package to Congressman Rohrbacher of Costa Mesa, or, yeah, Costa Mesa, Representative Rohrbacher, Dana Rohrbacher, went to his meeting, everything else, and um, it was returned unopened. It was actually delivered, not by the post office. Somebody drove up in a car with Rohrbacher's package, and it was put in the mailbox saying, forward this to the FBI, written on the unopened envelope, we can't help you, something to that effect. And a person in a, a car, regular car, unmarked of any kind, car, don't put it in my mailbox. In the mailbox, which is illegal to do that also. So that's what I was going through with, that's how trapped I was and kidnapped and in this situ, full kidnapping situation. But I just want to add one last thing. And again, thank you for letting me speak. I really appreciate this because this has been a long time coming and the story is so gigantically enormous that I never get the chance to say the whole thing. But, um, and I'm far from it and I won't take up your time with it, but I just wanted to say that at that time, Dana Rohrbacher uh, was also the director of Homeland Security. Now, was he the director for our area only? I don't know. I don't know if there's just one director that's a national director for Homeland Security. That's the impression I got. And I had the newsletter from Dana Rohrbacher's office saying that he was the director of Homeland Security. How long? I don't know. I don't know any more details. But um, I went to one of his civic meetings, and, of course, you know, I didn't realize everything. I'm, you know, I'm not thinking everything would be about me. Who am I? I'm a nobody. Why would, why would all this commotion be caused over a nobody? So I went to one of Dana Rohrbacher's meetings, and it was the same gang stalking. Everybody standing up screaming. They had to cancel the meeting. Nobody could talk. Okay. So uh, I ended yeah, up leaving with that. I mean, that's, that's great that you know exactly who you're um you know, the, who's stalking you and, and stuff like that, you know, that's, you know, that puts you ahead of the game, um, you know, in, in many cases because uh, many of us don't know exact names and, and so forth. So um, those people that do uh, could be kind of uh, placed in a class um, possibly if, if enough of their evidence lines up. I mean, we could we could actually have several we could actually have several class action lawsuits, depending upon the uh, the criteria, mm-hmm. and because uh, we have such a wide range of variables and circumstances, uh, we could have several types of class actions going, depending right. on the criteria. It right. would take um, an attorney and some paralegals possibly to examine all the uh, evidence and the claims and the defendants. And um, we could probably section off and get several class actions from from this community, and that will be fine. And maybe some of them would be successful. You have to pay the attorney to take a lot of money. It would take it would take um, a law firm, I would say, mm-hmm. that would be willing to devote a lot of time to this, to to kind of sifting through all the evidence and coming up with a certain uh, set of criteria for each class. 
and then you know people would you know if if you have certain criteria here then this is the class that you want to be in if you have this criteria then you know and so forth and that way you can develop a certain class and and go to court you know more easily um, and all of these years, we've not had that type of organization. It, of course, you, you, would, you would need a, a law firm to kind of sort this out. An interested law firm has plenty of time and could kind of sift through and determine what kind of criteria they need to put together a class and ask for that from our community. So um, as yet, that, is, that hasn't happened, but it, it might be entirely possible. Hey, Derek. Yeah. Hi, this is uh, Jamie from New York. Good show. I uh, wanted to ask you, did you consider uh, tapping into Richard Kane's uh, law, um, representation? Oh, his, his lawsuit. Um, his lawsuit is very specific. And um, in order for, for, for those in our community to be involved in his case, we'd have to um, line up exactly to what his um, circumstances are, which basically is you'd have to be in California for one thing because he is, as I understand it, he is suing them under the California statute that outlaws non-consensual implantation. California is one of, one of, few, one of a handful of states that has a law that that says that uh, it's illegal to implant someone without their consent, and I believe there's only like seven states in the nation that have that, and California is one of them. So he's using that law for his case. So you right. have to be in California. You have to be uh, a patient at this particular hospital, as I understand, and you'd have to be um, to have been implanted by this. Uh, a certain surgeon well, or the same doctors or something like that. So all of those those factors have to li- kind of line up. Right. I was more or less asking, did you want to tap the law firm that's representing Richard Kane? Because that law firm is, you know, uh, familiar with, you know, targeted individuals and may take on a class action lawsuit. Oh, okay. Does he have a law firm? I, I was, I was yeah. thinking he had an attorney. No, he, well, actually he has, I mean, he has a GoFundMe account uh, for his two sons. He's fundraising oh. $200,000 and for, you know, so he can uh, finance litigation against the, you know, hospital that uh, implanted his, his son. It's called Justice for Two Sons. The funny, the fun. I'm sorry. The GoFundMe page is called Justice for Two Sons, and on that uh, GoFundMe page is the name of the law firm and the address, and I believe the phone number. So um, you may want to talk to the attorneys representing Richard Kane to see if they would want to represent us. But I, I you know. Or maybe they can refer you um, to another attorney or to several attorneys that, you know, have the resources um, to, you know, uh, help us pursue class action lawsuits. 
Okay. Um, if we can, or someone can, you know, contact him and, and see if they'd be willing um, to look at a class action for us. Well, I, I think, though, I mean, I think more traction could be achieved if you call because you're, uh-huh. you know, you're a rec- you're, you know, you're a notable advocate, you know, you've been on the scene for, you know, quite quite some time. Um, yeah, um, is there, is there um, information about their, me, his law firm or do you know the name of it? Okay. Let me see if I can pull that up right now. I don't have internet. I have to just go look through some paperwork. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but if you Google if you Google Richard Kane and Justice for Two Sons, you should be able to come across his uh, GoFundMe account, and the name of the law firm is on the GoFundMe uh, page. I'm going to look right now to see if I can come up um, come up with that information, and if I do, I'll say something. If not, I won't. Okay. Well, that you know that will be fine. Okay. Let me look. Okay. Uh, the last time I looked, we had about um, 83 people here. And I'll just check again and see what we have. Um, it would be good if we could put together a class uh, class action lawsuit uh, or several. Um, we have 96 people here at this time. So welcome, everybody, to our call. Bravo. Are they like me? They're afraid to talk because... I mean, 83 people, but yet nobody's talking. Okay. There's so few. There's so few people that are talking. There are 83 people, but nobody really wants to speak. And I, uh, I get nice. anxiety. I have an anxiety attack every time I try to talk because oh, I just, I never know the results of what's going to happen to me if I do talk. So I just don't okay. talk anymore. Well, there are people talking. Um, just had a well, discussion no, with people. Well, that's that's always like that. Relatively few people uh, do speak. Um, they just so, chat. They chat, right? They yeah. Used, they so we're talking about something that's substantial. We're talking about a lawsuit. Now, that's something that this community has been trying to achieve since the beginning. And that has been like the holy grail of activism to get a, law, a class action lawsuit together. But the community doesn't really realize what that would take. Um, but in thinking about it, it's probably, uh, we've probably been going about it um, not quite right. So we probably need to do it a different way, establish criteria. And I've talked about this with an attorney, and she seems to agree with me, that if we establish a criteria at the outset, um, we could maybe gather individuals that have those exact um, factors in their in their situation and maybe put something together. Um, again, the basic thing for any court case is evidence, and that's something that um, has been difficult for our, for our um, for our TIs to come up with exact evidence as far as who is targeting them and uh, proof of what they're being targeted with. 
that is going to be key in a lawsuit. Whatever Sorry. lawsuit you put together. Sorry? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to have to get off the phone, but I did find the name of the uh, attorney, and I do have the name of the GoFundMe, GoFundMe page, Richard Richard Kane's GoFundMe page. So the attorney that's representing Richard Key, I'm sorry, Richard Kane's uh, sons is Landrum and M. Panache, attorneys at law. Uh, Landrum, like land, mm-hmm. or like like landline, A-L-A, no, I'm sorry, L as in love, A as in apple, N as in Nancy, D as in David, R as in rabbit, U as in umbrella, M as in Mary, and M. Panache, uh, no, M. Pa, M. Pansa. It's A as in, uh, A as in apple, M as in Mary, P as in Peter, O as in octopus, S. As in Sam, A is in Apple, H is in Harry. So it's Land, Landrum and Ampensa, attorneys at law, and they're located at 50, 5120 Gold Leaf Circle, uh, Los Angeles, California, 956. And Richard Kane's GoFundMe page is www.gofundme.com forward slash justice dash medical. So these are the attorneys that um, are representing uh, Richard Kane's uh, two children. Okay, that is gofundme.com slash justice dash medical. Medicals with an S and an N. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, it's just that's the yeah that's the link that's the uh, that's the UR that's the URL name, but the page itself is called Justice for Two Children. So I don't you know so he and on it he has the names of the attorneys and maybe they can take on a class action lawsuit and maybe they can't. Okay. Yeah, we'd we'd have to have uh, something like, well, we'd have to have a law firm. And as I understand, it'd have to be a class action. I have to be experienced class action uh, litigators to take on our case. There's certain criteria they have to meet in order to be established as uh, certified, is what they call it, as a class. And um, the attorney was explaining all the process to me. It was very intricate and everything. Um, but, you know, it's it's not easy really to put together a class action uh, in general. But for our case, you know, it's, it, it makes it even more impossible because of, you know, the evidence. Everything has to be uh, impeccable, as I, as, as I understand it. So, which is why it hasn't happened as yet because so much has to be um, be there in terms of the evidence, the defendants, you know, all that has to be uh, exact and, you know, the same people have to have the same defendants, the same circumstances and, and all of this. So um, I think it's, uh, well, I don't know if it's doable or not really. Um, but an attorney, uh, some paralegals, experienced um, litigator, litigators really have to look at this 
and decide whether it is doable, whether we have the evidence that is, um, you know, that will sustain a court victory. So, um, but you know, um, it, it it probably can it can be done, but it has to be approached in a certain manner, and I really have not seen that as yet uh, in the community. Uh, it probably is going to take um, a law firm that has plenty of time and staff to examine all the evidence and put together a case that is um, uh, winnable. And well, basically, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm sorry for interrupting. Um, I did contact that law firm you know, that those attorneys are affiliated with. It seems to be a busy law firm. They have a Mm -hmm. receptionist, um, and those attorneys seem to be very, you know, have a busy schedule. So, um, Uh yeah, so it's part of a, it seems like they're part of a large law firm in the L.A. area. So Uh um, Uh maybe you want to, you know, uh, reach out to, you know, reach out to someone. But I think, though, before I go, Derek, and 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 you know, listeners, that there are some some classes, you know, uh, uh, that that can that can be represented. You know, women. It seems like women over forty get targeted. Artists tend to get um, remote body modification. Uh, there are a lot of nurses who are targeted. Twins, twins are targeted. Persons who are left-handed. So I think there's some. You know, uh, there's there some classes that we could, you know, uh, fit into. Some a lot of Black PIs, African American PIs, um, complain of their targets being targeting being very racialized. Um, but there are also Haitian Haitian American PIs who who have, you know, you, their targeting is very unique to their heritage. So I I, I think we fit. You know, and I and I think you know you as you had so many surveys from the Freedom website, you you have a good idea of you know demographics that you know um, that could you know easily fit into some classes because sometimes class I, I mean the classes is dependent upon you know demographics who you know a, a, a you know a certain popular segment of our population who are being targeted for certain for certain things specific to their gender, their sex, their race, or other unique identifying, and you know, information such as, you know, are you a twin, are you left-handed, you know, are you a nurse, such and such. Right, right. You know, all of these, uh, you know, all those criteria can be uh, examined um, in the community and see, you know, you know, a law firm would have to look at, the, look at all of these and decide, you know, what criteria are um are usable for the lawsuit. So um um it, you know it might be doable, but it has to be approached and I would say in, in a manner or something like that in order for us to get a case together. All right. You know, well, you know, can just blanket the community and say well, we're going to do a class action lawsuit and lump everybody together and try to make those fit. That just has not been able, you know, to work. Well, how how do the um, Stanager and Melinda Kidder reports fare in the courtroom? Because some of us still don't like like some of us just don't know. I mean, I have a better idea who's involved in my targeting, but some mm-hmm. of the guys they don't. 
but they, they you know, like Kenneth Posner, you know, he, and uh, he's, he's gotten a full battery of tests. And, you know, he knows institutions that are involved. And other, you know, so, but can it still be used in court? Well, um, I'm not sh- It seems as I recall, well, James Walbert, for one, he has used um, Melinda Kidder's and Dr. Sandy's evidence in his court case, which, you know, impressed the judge. Uh, even though he, he did not win his case, um, as I um, as I recall, the judge was very impressed with the type of evidence that he had. So, um, so yeah, their their evidence has been presented in, in court, and it has been you know acknowledged and everything like that. So, um, I think they have very good credentials in that in, in that uh, regard. So, you know, those people that have that that uh, that evidence. And there, there are probably quite a few by this time that both have Melinda Kidder's evidence, uh, her report, and also a report from Dr. Stanninger, or reports. Uh, if all of those people got together and um, a law firm or an attorney would, would look at what they have, you know, they might be able to put together a case with that. That is actually what Susan Watkins was working on now that you mention that, uh, she was working on that project. Now, Susan Watkins, as you might recall, was a a paralegal. She defined herself as a paralegal. I think she was a legal secretary. But she was doing exactly that. She was gathering people that had uh, both Melinda Kidder's report and Dr. Stanninger's report and uh, grouping them together and they were working on putting together class action. Her with uh, with Sean, the attorney, or they were trying to find a law firm interested. So um, that might have worked. But then, she, but as you know, that she was she was strung up. Yeah, supposedly she committed um, suicide, and you know right after, you know, during the time she was compiling evidence for a class action lawsuit. Right. Right. Yeah, she was really the backbone of, you know, our legal committee back then, and it kind of disintegrated after she, after that happened. And then Myron May, it seemed like he was stepping up, and then, you know, I guess he was... Yes, you know, now he would have been, oh my gosh, he would have been such an asset to the community. Right. You know, and but he wasn't here long enough for, you know, for me to, you know, interact with him. Well, we do have a, we do have within our community, Derek, a, a, a PI who's in paralegal school right now, and he's attending paralegal school for the sole purpose of, you know, ga- gaining the skill set to uh, put together a class action lawsuits. Really? And, okay. Yeah, his name is, oh my gosh, his name is Davon. Davon is, okay. Yeah, Davon from, Davon from New York and Davon Harris, also of New York. They're really working together um, just to kind of uh, fundraise so that more people could get tested by Melinda Kidder and Stanager. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 
they're just they're they're working independently, but you know they know of each other. I know of them, and we're just you know just try, compiling evidence to, to to you know so that we can network and 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 participate in a class action lawsuit. I myself am, am trying to uh, raise money through uh, 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 my funding account so I can get tested by Stanager and Melinda Kidder. Uh, um, Supporting my assertions that I that I uh, am a victim of electronic harassment, and you know um, I also have the scans that show plenty of uh, nano sensors and nano stamps, nano wires in my in my body. So I really need to get that test, and then you know I I can participate in the court case. Okay. Yeah. If someone were to yeah, you should get in contact with Devon Harris. Okay, um, I'm not familiar with Devon Harris. I do know Devon Lyons. Yeah, Devon, Devon Harris, and it's funny because Devon Harris and Devon Lyons, they look alike. Their backgrounds are very similar. They, I mean, their targeting is similar, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. I'm I'm glad that. Uh, how far along is he in school, Devon Lyons? Uh, Devon Harris. He's um, entering his second year. He's okay. he's gone fall semester, second semester, summer semester, the quick winter break, and he's in his second second year. He's at LaGuardia Community College, and mm-hmm. uh, he's in the program right now. And he's you know he I think you should give him a call, uh, Derek. Yeah, um, that would be great. Uh, do you, uh, are you do you communicate with him regularly? Yeah, I do. Um, please ask ask him to give me a call. I don't think I have his number. I think he called me once, and um, I believe I called him back. I'm not positive I did, but um, he did call me recently, as I recall. Uh, please ask him to give me a call again if I if if he hasn't heard back from me. Right, right. He did say he tried to reach out to you several times, uh, so he would love to, you know, give you give you a call. Okay. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'll I'll get in touch with him and tell him to reach out to you. Okay. Excellent. Sarah, can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Um, this is Kate. Um, I just wanted to. Um, let people know that um, Melinda Kidder will be in Connecticut on March 9th if people are interested in being scanned. Um, wow. They can get in touch with me. Um, I believe the fee is uh, $1,600, and then we're also um, sharing the expenses of her coming in, which isn't going to be too much if there's enough people. Um so I think right now okay. uh, most of her appointments are open for the ninth. Okay. So, um, is that scanning to detect uh, implants? Um. Well, yeah. She um she will find out if you're you have uh, frequencies being emitted from your body. What's your number? Um, why don't I give you my email, okay? Okay. It's C 
A I T R Y E at Gmail dot com. So she's 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 gonna she's going to come to Connecticut March tonight. March ninth, yeah. She's coming in on the eighth, but I think she's already booked for the eighth. Um but she'll be there, you know, um, we have openings on the 9th available for people. So um, if um, you know anyone interested that wants to be scanned, just have them um, contact me and I'll, um, you know, get, get the rest of the information out. I, I yeah, know. I, I know I'm not in a position to, to uh, take the test. I don't have 1,500, although I wish I did. But I know other people who would, you know, who... Uh, may be in a position, and I'll tell them to email you at c a i t r y e at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Um, Derek, do you know if um if there's a group of people that of uh, whose information um Susan Watkins had accumulated? Is there is there a group that can be contacted? Um, well, her family, um, and they, Ken some of them Posner, are uh, she reached, she, Ken Posner and Terry, uh, Terry from Pennsylvania, they were in con- communication with Susan Watkins because they got their test at the same time. So Ken Posner and Terry, I forgot Terry's last name, but they're the, they're the board members at Freedom. They yeah. were in communication with, with Susan Watkins. And um, if you look at her page, like there's a memorial page for her, they left comments. So, yeah, Terry Bender. Terry Bender, uh, the nurse from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and Kenneth Posner. Is there? Did you did you want their contact info? Um, I I believe I have it. I believe I I do have. In fact, I used to talk to Terry regularly, so I have her number somewhere. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. All right, Derek. I'm gonna go. Good show and all the best. And I'll, I'll try to get the okay. uh, to email you. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, please. Thanks okay. to me. You're welcome. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Um, Derek, also, just so you know, um, we are still moving forward with the uh, survey with William Benny, and um, they're mm-hmm. they're just going through the critique of it at this point, and um, we're just re- oh. revising it a little bit, so okay. that's are available you, pretty soon. You're working with him on the survey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's why we feel, you know, it's going to be a lot of credibility with him. He's going to do the analysis of everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know um, where this survey is going to be? How, how do you plan, plan well, to use it? I guess we're thinking of, of doing a web page, but um, what we're going to probably end up doing is once we get it revised, we're going to meet with them, and then we'll go over the you know all the 
particulars of how it's going to be done. So I, you know, I really don't have complete information at this point about that, but we were trying to work on putting together a web page where people could just go in, they would be assigned a number, and um, they'd get the number, then go back in with the number instead of their name. Okay. And uh, how many questions? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> we're revising it right now. It was quite a few. It was, uh, you know, as many as uh, it was almost 400 questions. Oh my but God. they um, they're having us revise it down and change the format a little bit so that it will be less questions now. Um, you know, and I don't know what the number is going to end up being, but I, I think we're probably going to shave off. Uh, we might even shave off as many as 100 questions. I don't know. Maybe more than that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and where would you, um, and who will be eligible to take this um, survey? Uh, well, I think they wanted it so anyone could take it. That way, um, targeted oh, people I... would stand out as answering them very similarly. I see. Okay. You know? And they feel that that will be, give us, um, you know, he, he feels very strongly that the um, proof will be in the data. Okay. Well, that um, that sounds very comprehensive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're hoping it will be, you know. Okay. Uh, welcome to our call. We are we are People Against Covert Technology and Surveillance International. If you're just uh, joining us, and we've had a good crowd here tonight and a good topic. We have we touched on various things, lawsuits as well as the um, the FBI documents and uh, a variety of topics tonight. So at uh, this time, feel free if you have questions or comments about anything. The floor is open. Star 8 is the request to talk feature if you have a question or comment. I have a question. And uh, to the group, if uh, am I, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, how how is it that with all the chemtrailing that's going on and all the evidence that is stacked up against the uh, I I would say perpetrators that uh, gut airline uh, passenger airliners planes that used to carry passengers, and that's evident because of the windows that that go down the sides of these planes in the in disguise. Uh, just the airplanes that used to be uh, for carrying passengers have been cleared out, and all these tanks and equipment and, and everything 
for the purpose of laying down these chemtrails that that uh, more isn't being done to investigate the situation and what it is, exactly what it is they are doing, why they're doing it, and what it what the elements are. And uh, I do know uh, from the reports online that they uh, impermeate the atmosphere with refractor metals and nano it's in nano form nanotechnology and that's that's pretty small stuff that uh does eventually float back down to earth and uh it lights up everything under a magnetic frequency and uh when they want to see what's going on with the movement of uh someone leaving an area you're detected. You have a signature. You li- you lived in that area that was sprayed with this uh, element, this chemical, and now they know that if they want to track you, they have positive idea of the stuff that landed on your vehicle that you used from your home area. And they can swab the hood of your car and get a positive idea. Yeah, that person's from so and so and so in that area, and use that against you uh, if, through whatever purpose or whatever means. But but there's a lot more to it than just just IDing people. And and uh, the electromagnetic field they put lithium up upstairs in these chemtrails according to the videos that are online. And uh, does anyone have anything to comment about chemtrails? Um, I don't know, but um, I do have a comment about uh, something else, if I may. Sure. And we could come back to chemtrails if someone wants to speak about that. Um, but I would like to um, take a few minutes to kind of um, sort of push this idea. Now, Dwight Mangum had introduced this topic, uh, well, years ago when he first came to the community about earthing or grounding. Yes. And I would like to urge people to, to try this. Um, you probably don't have to use the equipment that Dwight uses because it it has become quite a controversy in the community. Some feel it is unsafe what he is using and promoting to others. Well, um, actually, earthing does not necessarily have to involve any type of equipment that you plug into your outlets in your home. Basically, it's about connecting to the earth and um. From what I have, what I'm hearing, and what I'm personally experiencing to some extent, is that it is a it is a health regimen that can be um, good for whatever ails you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, you know, I've been I watched a documentary about it um, last week, and it was fascinating. 
all the ailments that people have been relieved from just by doing this earthing. And basically, it's connecting with your barefoot to because they say that the uh, the soles of your feet are the most conductive of the Earth's energy, and it kind of enters the system through um, through the soles of your feet. And basically, what they're saying is that electrons are flooding a system and uh, completing free free radicals, which, as many of us realize, um, that kind of uh, roam through our system and kind of create disease. So if these, um, and the electrons are what enters your system from the earth. And basically, uh, the free radicals are molecules that are looking for electrons. And if they don't find them, they, they leach them from others molecules and which causes damage to your system. So um so these electrons uh complete these molecules that are looking for that are on the hunt for electrons and they're happy and everyone's happy. And so that promotes health in your body generally because all these free radicals um are now becoming act uh, complete molecules, basically, and uh, these health conditions basically are prevented from starting. Uh, and it also heals, it, you know, heals inflammatory conditions uh, like arthritis and uh, and many other things. Um, you know, chronic diseases have been reported to be um, healed actually just by doing this earthing and. Um, for places like California, you can do it almost year-round. Uh, however, in the colder climates, you probably have to do things, you know, be more creative because it's very cold outside some, sometimes. Uh, but as long as you can touch like a tree or a bush, something that's, that's anchored into the earth, um, you are getting those electrons. You're getting the grounding effect just by touching you know, a limb or a branch, a trunk, um, you know, bushes, whatever, a leaf, uh, of anything that's anchored into the earth, you are getting those health benefits. Five or ten minutes, um, even in the coldest areas, I mean, you, your bare skin can, you know, your hands can touch a, a tree for that long, um, you know, per day, and a tremendous health benefits over time start to happen, especially those with chronic diseases, um, have been known to be helped. Uh, in my case, I have psoriasis, and I have been noticing that it is starting to get better, you know, as I continue this, um, this grounding. And it's starting, it helps other conditions also, de-aging, and I'm uh, in a at an age bracket where that is a concern. I'm in my 60s now. And I have noticed, you know, some little things that, you know, there there are de-aging effects that happen as well. Many of the things that people chronically suffer with can be alleviated just by grounding. And it's very easy, cost, it's free, totally free. 
yet it's something that can be so beneficial. Um, all kinds of chronic diseases, people that have had injuries uh, from accidents and have had limbs that have been um, severely injured and have chronic pain from them, those people have been, their pain has been alleviated just by doing this grounding, this earthing. So I, from this uh, documentary, I learned so much from those that have been um, injured and those that have these chronic conditions that um, have been helped just by this, by this grounding. Um, now, as it pertains to our community, now Dwight claims that after he started this earthing uh, regimen of his, that he no longer feels pain. And, uh, and it's actually similar to a guy that, that um, came to our community years ago. This was before for any, anyone knew anything about grounding. And as I, as I reflected on what, what Dwight was saying, I realized that this guy was talking about the same thing. Basically, he was talking about running a, um, a, uh, a grounding rod into the earth and then running a wire from the grounding rod into the house, like a copper wire or, or something that extends from this grounding uh, uh, plug into the earth. And he lived in Colorado, you know, during the wintertime, it gets very cold. So, he, so instead of going outside, um, the, uh, the Earth's energy was transferred from this grounding rod through the wire into his body just by holding this wire as he was sitting in a chair uh, inside the house. So he was getting the grounding effects from this, uh, this grounding rod. Um, so that's also a way that you can do it if you live in a cold area. As long as you're May connected to the work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But just, one, just one minute. Let me finish here. Um, sure, just sure. About finish. Um, but anyway, these two individuals, uh, this guy's name is Dale, and uh, he introduced this concept to our community years ago. I don't know if anyone tried it themselves. They thought it was interesting, but, but he himself was doing it. I'm, I don't remember exactly how he came upon this idea. But um, he would do this every night for like 15 minutes. He would sit in this chair and hold this, this, uh, this wire that was connected to the earth. And after a while, what happened was the electromagnetic energy that had been attacking a system and was building up was being transferred from his system through the wire into the earth. And after a while... All, when all of that was drained, his body started to fortify his system against future attacks. And he just, you know, he was still getting attacked, but he was not feeling it like he was. And he was just going about his day just as happy. So it wasn't like a shielding method per se, but his system fortified itself against the electronic attacks. And his system was able to recover and he was um, a lot better, basically. And then years, you know, fast forward to 2014 or whatever, when Dwight came along, and he's saying basically the same thing. 
and now he lives pain-free. So I'm advocating this for the community because it's totally free, it is totally safe, and it is something that can keep those that are being severely injured from being completely beaten down by this weaponry. And that's all I have to say about that. I wanted to comment and add to it. and uh, I've been doing some grounding myself, and okay. uh, I took a, a steel rod that had copper coating. It's That's the purpose of this rod. It was an eight-foot-long rod, and I cut it in half and uh, put four-and-a-half feet of this rod into the ground, took a copper wire, ran it into the house, and I sleep with a anklet around my ankle every night. Oh. And I noticed that uh, instead of jumping up and down to empty my bladder four or five times a night, uh, within a week and a half, I whittled back those numbers down to one to two times a night. Now, occasionally, I get carried away and I'll drink a little more fluid than I should throughout the day and the elimination. But these people with their frequencies can dehydrate you. It's not your prostate going south. It's not your bladder messing up. It's them dehydrating you and your system has a way of, of rounding up those fluids and sending it to the bladder. And uh, the, the guys, if you're getting up and down, up and down, up and down all night long, and your, your bladder, you can't hold it, and it wakes you up four or five times a night, don't worry for your prostate, and don't worry for any other infections so much. There that and I've I've been doing this grounding now for about three or four months and within a, absolutely within two weeks I narrowed it down to two times a night instead of four or five times a night and I'm getting more sleep and yeah. uh, what I do is I I lay on a concrete floor on top of a foam pad. And I put a, a comforter over that, so it's so it's uh, keeping me off of the foam rubber, and it it's a, con, a convenient way to get close to the earth, closer to the earth. The frequencies that the earth emits through that foam rubber pad are pretty powerful. But if you had a direct, more direct way, like the Japanese do with the bamboo, uh, and the bamboo. Uh, Oh, they, I don't know what it's called. It's some kind of a mat that they use. Uh, that's the Japanese method and technique of, of it's in their culture to be grounded while they sleep. And uh, it, it's thousands of years old. They've, they've known about grounding for a long time. It's part of their life, their culture. But right. uh, it, the earth will, if you get close to the earth, you don't need to touch, per se. The frequency, the magnetic field is strong enough to to help in that way that it, it will ground you enough to be a benefit. But the anklet that I made 
and the wire that I ran, just be creative. I use alligator clips, and uh, or a, a, one alligator clip is sufficient for me. And uh, I clip it to an aluminum. I used a turkey pan, and I fashioned an anklet and put the for the rough edges around it some uh, duct tape and cut it with a pair of scissors, thin strips to wrap around those edges, and then uh, that's enough to keep it from cutting you. And then wire the gator clip to to the rod that runs from the wire outside, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's helped me tremendously in it, and it does what Dwight Mag- Mangum says it does, is and uh, what Dwight just described is the ions unite with the radicals that have minus ions, and they they hook up and link, and therefore you can get rid of your free radicals at will. And uh, yes, your health does improve. You have more vitality throughout the day. And uh, it's a benefit. It's a, tr- a tremendous benefit. Grounding. And uh, the magnets, I get my magnets out of uh, computers, and I've got a pendant that I wear around my neck. And these earthen magnets are very powerful. I'm going to buy, I don't have the money right now to, to buy the powerful magnet, large magnet that uh, Dwight recommends. Uh, Dwight Man- Mangum says to, uh, there are sites online that you can order these powerful magnets and uh, wear them as a, a pendant, put them uh, in a spot that might be giving you a problem in your hip joint or any other joints throughout your body and duct tape it to that spot that's giving you that problem for three or four hours and see how it works out. Wipe the skin off with with a little bit of alcohol, and so it's going to attack good. And uh, tape it, tape it with some duct tape onto the uh, spot. And uh, I've heard that I haven't done this myself, but uh, but Dwight Mangum swears by this. And uh, earthened magnets are. Uh, they're harmonious to the Earth's pulse, and uh, they they again link up the ions to the free radicals that are running through your body, and uh, that's what creates cancer. And you want to get rid of that as quick as you can. And this is one of the good ways of doing that. And uh, that's all I had to say about this. It's wonderful. Okay, uh, actually, um, I concur with your um, your findings about um, getting up in the middle of the night. I've noticed that effect as well as I continue this. That you know, I you know, I also you know, I'm frequently getting up to go to the restroom, and um, that does help that. Yes, it does. And um, also helps with sleeping. Um, Tremendously. There's a, deep, there's a deeper sleep that you get with that. Um, and I'm just basically starting us um, the first week, basically. And these are some of the things that I have noticed. Um, 
uh, you know, the psoriasis, the sleeping, and I, I've forgotten actually about the bladder thing until you mentioned it. Um, but there are a number of things, health conditions, that it kind of, it's, it's kind of like, as this uh, documentary describes it, it's kind of a reset for your system. May you know, I ask? Have, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, another way that I ground in the warmer weathering, uh, early spring, all the way through late summer, uh, early fall, we have about nine months of weather where you can do this. I took an outdoor furniture plastic chair. And, I, you know, a metal chair would probably work out and possibly be better, but uh, I took this outdoor furniture plastic chair and dug four little holes for the legs to countersink that down into the ground. It has not, That part has nothing to do with the grounding. It was so it would lower me down. I dug a hole in the earth large enough for my feet to fit in that hole, and I poured water. I did this uh, last in the middle part of last summer, and I, I put water in that hole, put my feet in the hole, and, and sit and relax and listen to the birds and the nature around me and and uh the earth your feet are in that uh bare feet are in that hole with the water down there connecting in such a way you can feel instantly feel that energy leaving your body it was like somebody opened a drain the first time I did it, it, uh, it was refreshing. My entire body was starting to, to become fulfilled again. And the, ne- the negative or positive, whatever this energy is, it was leaving my body. I felt it. And uh, I, I do that now that the weather is changing, and I do that. As often as I could, can, I should do it every day, but, uh, you know, you get busy doing other things. And uh, twice a week, I do this twice a week, and it's it's a great benefit. But uh, dig a hole in the ground and, and uh, put your feet in it and sit down and relax. You may have to do what I did, sink that chair down in the uh, ground a little little bit next to that hole. And uh, sit back and relax for about 15, 20, 30 minutes if if you can do it longer than that. And uh, what a benefit. It's a tremendous benefit. Go ahead, uh, Derek. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if anyone has comments about that, um, I... Now, I'm urging this for the community, and I'll probably be promoting this for a while, and, and I appreciate your um, uh, kind of concurring what, uh, what I have found, uh, Mark, with your uh, story. You know, I was hoping some in the community would pick this up. Sure. Because it's, it's um, I mean, this is, um, the information about this grounding technique is is beginning to filter through uh, the general community, and more people are picking this up. 
I mean, it's 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 so logical and so simple and so easy. And um, I think after a while, it will become part of our culture, just like you know, healthy diet, exercise, you know, um, eating right, um, clean water, air, that, that type of thing. Uh, part of a healthy healthy regimen to uh, to do our thing. Because um, it seems to be a good, you know, good for whatever ails you type of thing, and it's and it's free. So um, I'm urging this for the community because um, so often we do not have remedies for the suffering that we hear so often, and 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 I've just heard such miraculous things from people that have been doing this that you know I'm just urging people to try it, and I really do not know any downside. Um, to this uh, to this technique, um, it just you know like like Mark does you know connecting um, a wire to um, a, a grounding rod. Um, you can do it that way, or if it's warm, you can just um, you know walk barefoot on the earth for a while. You know you know walk on the beach. Um, if it's cold, you can you know, touch, you know, a tree with your bare hands or something like that. Um, lots of ways you can do that and, and get creative. The uh, the matting, uh, some people have products, you know, pr- you know, promote products that, you know, you can plug into the wall and it grounds the earth. And there's a lot of controversy about that. And I'm not sure about, you know, whether it's safe or not, you know, particularly for TIs who are dealing with electromagnetic energy. So anyway, that's a controversy, but um but the grounding is is uh there's, there's no problem at all with that. Um, you know, if if you're outside or something like that, there's no problem with that. Or if you're connected to a ground grounding rod and uh, inside the house, there's no problem with that. So anyway, um that is that is my health tip for the for for the night, and I'll probably be promoting that from uh, from time to time, because uh, mainly because we really do not have remedies that work uh, dependably. You know, we people try things, and after a while, the perps figure out you know how to overcome them, and they're suffering again. Um, but the grounding has health benefits that, um, as far as I can tell, seem to last. So, um, so I'll be promoting that from time to time, and hopefully people will start to, uh, to take that up. Stay with the grounding. It's, it's uh, a best idea to... Do it as often as you can, as often as allows. Right. Okay. Um, I just have to share this. There's somebody that wrote in the chat. You would not believe what they wrote. They wrote that I am taking donations and getting tarot readings. So, guys, watch out for donating because I might be seeking off to a tarot reading to get uh, a tarot card reader. <laughs> it's just incredible what these people do and what they say. 
Hey Derek, it's Manuel. Oh, hey Manuel, how are you doing tonight? All right, all right. Uh, I wouldn't listen to any of that stuff. Uh, they're just out trying to break everybody up. Ask them if they work with the Joint Task Force. That's their protocol. Did you catch all that? Mhm. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, pay attention to that. That's all that is. So, to keep the stuff going, let's get our job done and get this out there where people can see it. You have a good night. Hey, uh, I wanted hey. to ask you a question. Are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah, uh, what kind of work do you do? Me, I'm uh, I'm disabled. They broke me all up. What what kind of work, I, what I, what I, are you doing? I, I'm a carpenter. Oh. Okay. No, Heinz 57. Not Heinz 57, but a jack of all and master and none. I do I do everything. Yeah. Do what you do and do it well. The best I can. That's the only way I was taught. Yeah. Don't ever stop talking. It's it's when we stop talking that we fail. And and uh, the moment you stop talking, they're going to start piling up their instruments of torture against you and uh they hate it when you tell people the more people you tell the better the repellent is and uh can't say enough about uh don't if, if you're in this and you're being tormented you're being tortured don't be fearful of these creeps and don't be scared that you're being picked on and identified and being gang stalked I I uh, they, they, they know who you are where you are why you are 24-7 and puts put the word out and make signs and put them in the window of your car with a magic marker and a piece of typing paper and tape that in in the back window the uh, just make signs, and, and if you have a vehicle, uh, you know, they, they use vehicular stalking on us constantly. Fight back. Fight back and make signs and, and uh, post them on your car. I talk to I a lot do. of people. I, yeah. I talk to a lot of people. It's what I do. You is, bet. When you're standing in line. You're standing in line paying for your uh, groceries or your oil that you went to the uh, uh, auto parts, whatever. Yeah. And and, yeah. and strike up a conversation with a stranger. I, I do, and I back it up with websites. So, yeah, I re I've been doing this for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah, uh, I, I, know, I know what to do there. 
Yeah, and uh, believe me, the word is getting out. I'm waiting for the X-Files to pick up this football and run with it. The TV show, The X-Files, what a story, man. What a story. Just to to make an episode, one episode out of of this. All of this stuff, gang stalking and electronic torture. (laughs) Any TV show. Uh, a CSI or whoever. Yeah, they could they could do a, a complete episode with with this stuff. It might go viral. Well, Doctor John <laughs> Hall is supposed to be making a movie. Yeah, yeah. Suppose when when is that movie it, it coming out? out? I don't know. I haven't heard anything on there. Maybe you can ask somebody that's listening. Uh, uh, yeah. They have an update on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, community. He's supposed community? to be pretty close to being done with it. He's, he's almost finished with that movie, and he should be coming out with it pretty quick. Well, maybe somebody that's talked to him has uh, an update. That would be nice. Thank you. That would community. be nice. And what's your name again? My name's Manuel. Manual. Okay. Yes. Do you have a phone number? Yeah, and I'm keeping it. Every time I give it out, it gets blown up. Oh, heck, I'm sorry. No, I need your yeah. call. It's just it's what they got. That's what they use. Sure. For the people that are still listening, when you remain silent and you're a TI or a victim of anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's against the humanity that you have a right to, and and if you stay silent about your victimization, you're a victim. Sound off about that. That's that's a very, very effective weapon. When you talk about your victimization, that is very powerful. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. The idea is, is to get out there and talk about it. When you're standing in line, if you, if you think you might have someone who could be interested, talk. Silence is deadly. Yeah, can I comment on that? Sure. Okay, here's uh here's two websites you guys might want to write down. Sure. One is uh yeah, one is uh Stingray Tech and the other one is uh Transhuman. And you can just hit the web on either one of them, and uh, it'll come up. 
uh, trans, T-R-A-N-S, human? Humans. Like more than one. Uh, Trans-human, like a human being? Yes, sir. Human. H-U-M-A-N. Yes. All right. And yeah, uh, just they're hit not that, dot com. Hit, those are Google YouTube's. You don't even have to put dot com or or it's not a YouTube. Just it's, it's in the web. It's in the browser. All right. Just hit it. And, uh, don't want to read it and explain a lot of stuff that's going on with you. Awesome. So that way you don't have to say, "Hey, believe me," you know. Just check out what the government's doing. That's all you gotta do. Someone didn't want to hear that. Yeah, they didn't want us hearing these two sites. That's awesome, man. Okay, whoever's in Arizona, if you could call back in, there's a a disturbance on your line. Um, If you just call back in, and maybe that'll help. Well, the reason why the sites are are used for is uh, it's to let, let them people herself what's going on and then uh-huh. you know pretty much about everything you know it makes you not look crazy awesome awesome yeah that's great okay have a good one hey you too and uh to the group i'm fixing to sign off and uh this is great this is the first time i've ever been on a monday nighter and uh wow 96 people keyed in at one time talk don't be scared if you're listening and you have something that, that is just pulling at you to say something say it this is your chance this is your opportunity do not show fear when you show a bad dog the fear they smell it they're gonna bite you if you if you stand up to most bad dogs they'll stand there and growl at you but they won't advance. Right. And they might bite you. They could possibly bite you. But if you show a dog fear, you're going to get bit. Oh, I see. So voice it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. uh, Sorry about that. Um, There is a, um, I just unmuted Southeast Arizona, and your line is fine. Do you have a question or comment? Oh, um, well, now I can't remember what I was going to say, but uh, thank you for unmuting me. I I don't know why it makes a static or whatever, because I never took myself off mute. So I don't understand it, but whatever. I'm just glad I'm unmuted, so sorry. Okay, well, um, so it looks like you star eight. You star uh, eighted and... uh... Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, um, I... It was something a, a while back that I wanted to say, but I, I earlier in the conversation, but I can't remember now. So, sorry. Well, well hopefully it'll come back. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, like one thing I, I didn't hear, you said you know, there's a good grounding technique, I guess, if you're inside your house. So you just connect the grounding wire to like your skin and then and then you put that wire to a grounding stake in the ground and that works? That is correct. Oh, and you okay. sleep with that around your ankle. Oh. Make a, Make an anklet out of aluminum foil or a turkey pan. And if you use a turkey pan, pad the edges with duct tape, thin, small strips, edges. You cover the edges of the uh, tin foil, the, and it, it pads it. It, ma- it makes it so it's not irritating and aggravating. And use a right. gator clip, an electric gator alligator clip, uh-huh. And clip that to the anklet and then wrap it around your ankle. Put the anklet on first and then the clip. And the duct tape holds holds it in place with a little flap. And that's it's enough. It, it, put it around your ankle, tighten it up, but don't <laughs> don't shut off the circulation to your mm-hmm. to your foot. But the, it works. It does work. And you will sleep more soundly and sleep as oh. close to the floor of a concrete floor as you can. Oh. If you don't have a concrete floor, uh, just figure, figure something out to, to sleep on. But uh, being, don't use a bed mattress or uh, coils. That, that doesn't do you any good. Uh-huh. Yeah, you you need a rubber pad and sleep on the floor and get low. If you if you're on the ground level, all the more power to you. Oh, okay. That's weird because I I um, do sleep almost on the concrete floor, so I guess I'm good in that aspect. But I remember what yeah. I I remember what I wanted to say was um, you know I try to tell people when I'm in line at a grocery store, I try to tell them and about gang stalking and because I, I don't even try to jump to the uh, electronic harassment and you know, it's just rare I get anyone. I have had people look it up, believe me and I have had a guy tell a group that I'm telling the truth. He was an attorney. He said, she's telling the truth. I looked it up. This stuff is real. But but um, but most of the time, I would say ninety eight percent of the time, I fail. But are you saying that just by speaking, is removes the victimization, whether the people take it in or not? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, in in a sense. But when when you get out there and you voice yourself. Uh, and I highly, highly encourage our our community. The TI community needs to become active in City Hall. Just go there and listen and learn. But to get oh. up there and voice what it is you are experiencing. I've done this twice. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll go to City yeah. Hall. Yeah, the the city hall and they welcome you, and they'll give you two minutes here in Haltom City 
to get up there and shoot your mouth off. Oh. You can talk about whatever. And they, they, cool. you have the full two minutes as long as you're not obscene. As okay. long as you're not expressing and you're not threatening, they'll let you sh- just run your mouth. Oh, and okay, and the more the more you say, the more power that is, and they're gonna listen. They're gonna remember, and it it believe me, it's very powerful. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'd like to. I'd like to do that. Tell about my horrible life. My life is a nightmare. Yes, and get your ducks in a row. Make notes. Put put together as much effective wording as you can, and squeeze that into two minutes. Okay. And if it and if it runs over in your presentation and your introduction, make it short. Make it sweet. Yeah, yeah. I I would not recommend that that approach basically because um, it doesn't really help for them to be introduced to the topic that way. You only have two minutes, and um, I feel like if they decide that you are a mental case... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying saying to present things that would... uh, Be careful with the way you select it, and be, be very, very... Uh, well, let me, don't let me don't uh, let me, look like a mental case. Okay, so well, let I, them I, know I, in I, subtle ways that, that this is out there, this is happening. Uh, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, have technologies that they put on top of our cell towers. And, okay, and well, state facts. State facts. And they'll, they'll be curious and they'll, they'll look it up online. Raytheon, okay, um, Lockheed Martin. Huh. Let's okay, see. Okay. Let's have let's have a closer look at this. Okay. The thing is, the only thing about this that is in two minutes, you really uh, don't have time for them to digest the material and give you good, good feedback. Usually, they they give you no feedback whatsoever. What I recommend is that people um, actually call their offices and speak to them one at a time, make an appointment, and meet with them privately. And yes, I've done that if, too. Okay, I would recommend doing that. That way you can explain your situation. We've had people oh, okay. do that. Okay. And um, uh, it's actually televised. We watched it. The community watched, watched and at the end of the two minutes, the uh, the council member tr- treated her like she was a mental mental patient. So that's really not enough time to to give. I mean, she was using all the the correct verbiage, at least that we would understand. But it just kind of went in one ear and out the other to these people who had no idea what she was talking about. Okay. So um, what I recommend is that people, you know, call the offices, and if you're going to go down the city hall, you might as well. Talk to them in person. They can give you a half hour, 45 minutes. That way you can explain uh, what your situation is. They can ask questions if they don't understand. And there's a back and forth to where um, you can hopefully start to look at, uh, first of all, they need to understand that you're suffering. And once they do get that, 
then they'll start to to look at some ways, hopefully, that they can help you and others in the community. And that that will be key. If, if they can see that there are others in the community that are also suffering and they wouldn't say, well, oh, well, this is just, you know, so-and-so's problem. They would they would realize that this is something that's affecting uh, people throughout the community and they need to look at this. And most of them, I've been to, to several of these meetings so far, and most of these, these, these uh, representatives are very concerned about their constituents. They're concerned for their health and safety and what they can do to help. So um, they're very different than state and local, um, state and federal representatives who, um, one thing, are very removed from the, your situation and yeah. most of them, yeah. could re- yeah. they seem to care less. Right, right. Yeah, I but think, I wanted, uh, I I think to... I'll, I'll do that and... Um, and I'll I'll just stay with the city council members, I guess, and make an appointment and talk to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you uh, where where do you, well wherever you live, if you can gather a few TIs to go with you, oh okay, it would add it would add credibility to what you have to say because what you're saying may sound like science fiction, right, right, uh, to them. And yeah. if you can. If you bring others with you that can back up what you're saying, to say, "Oh, yes, this is happening to me also," it makes okay, a lot well, of difference. Okay, well, I don't know any other TIs in Tucson, but if you want to, oh, you live in Tucson? Yes, there yeah. are. I I just don't know them. If you want to um, email me some names, I'll go down there with them. Um. Yeah. Or, why, or don't check. Call me, why don't you call me? Um. Uh, what is your name? And and okay, let me give you my number. Okay, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Uh five one three. Okay. okay. Five six eight. Five six eight, okay. One six three five. One six three five? Uh yes. Um, you know, I'm surprised. There's a very strong community um in Arizona. Well, and in Tucson and in in the Phoenix area. Yeah, um, I've only talked to I think one girl named Shelly Bean, and uh, because she asked about the locks that I have, but I haven't like, you know, tried to reach out to them at all. But if they want to go down there, I'll definitely go down there with them and talk to those people and. Um, you know, just those, right now. Those in Tucson, uh, some of them are in touch with each other. I can think of a couple. Um, Etsy James Valentine is one. Um, I think Nathan is there, and there are a few others that are there in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they, okay. I'm sure they'll welcome you to their group. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and so have they tried to go down there yet to the city council people? They have in Phoenix. But oh, they I don't think Phoenix. they have they I don't think they have in Tucson as yet. Okay. Uh which if you decided to do that, you and uh those those guys there, um 
the others in Phoenix will probably come come you know to support you. Oh wow! Um, okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, well, um, let's call tomorrow and um, get those names, and we could set up a time and go down there and. Okay. Uh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll call you tomorrow and get those names. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. There's a um, there's a representative for Arizona actually, and you should be in touch uh, with her. And you know she can kind of keep you in the loop of activities uh, for okay. those in Arizona. They're very. Um, TS in Arizona um, <laughs> seem to have more cohesion than okay. the others. Um, not that they don't have ups and downs, but they seem to have more cohesion in general. Okay. And um they're very um they're very active. They they plan get togethers regularly, um, starting with New Year's and um they call each other all the time and um they're becoming a close knit group. So um that's in, in in the Phoenix area. They are now in Tucson. Um, I they all know the people in Phoenix, and I think they're also in association with them. As I, you know, to my knowledge, anyway. Okay, okay. And you know, if they should, I hope they all know about the locks. You know, from Roadrunner, and and then I talked to that guy, and he says it's only good for in the state of Arizona. Like they guarantee that no one else can get in their house with those keys and those locks. Oh, really? So that, they're guaranteed it. I mean, that's I, I talked to him in person, and that's the word he used, but he won't, for whatever reason, guarantee it out of the state of Arizona. So I don't really know why. They'll only guarantee that nobody can get in your house in Arizona. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You know, within the state. So it's like those locks won't work in California, and I really didn't ask him why, and he didn't explain why. So I, I don't really know that. But maybe if any of them are having that problem, you know, they could look into it. And then, yeah, I'll go down there with them, and uh, we could have a meeting. Because okay, it's hard. It's hard to try to tell somebody at the grocery line, oh, my God. Uh, one girl, she just said, she goes, oh, you said that before. And I said, well, it's really important. And, and then I had bought some supplements, and she goes, let me tell you about these supplements. And I said, you know what? I don't want to hear a word you have to say about these supplements because you don't care what I say. And she goes, you are rude. You are rude. And I just thought, and I thought, oh, you know, it was so difficult. I couldn't get anywhere with that girl. Oh, my God. Did you know this lady? No. And I don't even remember telling that I had talked about it before. But, you know, when I'm waiting in line while we're doing the groceries, I tend to just tell them, and I have a terrible success rate. But I have had people who looked it up. And like this one guy in an Al-Anon meeting, he looked it up, and he told the whole group that I was, and he was an attorney. He says, she's telling the truth. I, you know, I looked it up myself, and so I've had just minor success, just low numbers, because people can't or won't take it in. 
But that, that girl at the grocery It's very much a shock to people because they're so fearful. They're so scared. This is something that is very scary. And, I don't know. Uh, they, I, most of the reactions, I talk about it at Al-Anon, and most of the reactions are they are shut down in one second. They don't believe a word I say. Um, they don't look at me. <laughs> they don't talk to me. I've been told to shut up. Which is against the rules. Um, the fear. But, huh? The fear. I, I don't know. It fearful. doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem like fear to me. It's, it's just, they just they don't believe me. And I I only try to stay with games talking. I said, you know, you can look it up and you know. It's about programming. And, it's about being programmed, and it's also about going outside your box protocol, and uh, I don't think you better go there. Georgie Porgy might not appreciate that. You know, you do what you're told to do, and uh, perps, they definitely are are told, don't listen to them. Don't listen to these people. Uh, You'll get in trouble. You listen to them, you're, you're setting yourself up. That's what we are up against. Believe it. There's a wall there. There's a wall there, and they cannot go outside their box. That's how strong their programming is. We've been brainwashed, people, to that degree, to that level. Well, it's an incredible story, and I try to tell them it's it's very big. It's a very big story, and um, they... They just, I can tell because like somebody else will tell a joke and the whole group will laugh like in an Al-Anon meeting. And it's because they're not taking in the gravity of what I'm saying. And, and I feel like, and I might even say this one time, like, you know, I want all you people who are in this group to thank me when the story breaks and you see that I'm telling the truth because that's what I feel like saying to them. And then I, you yeah. know, I want you to come back and thank me. I'm doing you such a favor by even telling you about this. It took my life, you know, and I'm helping you. I said, you know, your children, the, every person you know will benefit by this information. But just real low numbers of people who believe me, real low. You know what's amazing, and uh, we haven't touched on this subject tonight uh, that I know of, but uh, the, and I'm I'm shifting gears here a little bit. Uh, Smart meters are what they are, and they communicate uh, with other smart meters the information uh, on usage of, of electricity, but they also spy on us through the wiring of the homes. They relay the information that they get about the usage of of appliances, of your washing machine, your dishwasher, your water heater if it's electric and uh, or gas. There there are uh, connections that inside your gas water heater that are electric that that uh, shift on and off. And uh, it it goes to a dossier, a bank of information. But uh, the thing is, is that they can also torment you through the use of the microwaves 
that are coming into your home via the smart meter. And uh, those microwaves are transmitted down the lines of the power sources to the wall plugs, through the wiring in the walls, uh, and they keep an eye on us with this technology, and they have ways of, of uh, amping up the magnetic frequencies, the, the magnetic frequencies that we uh, carry are they, they, it makes it able for their equipment to see through walls that while you're in your home. And uh, don't believe it? Go to a website and look this up. And, no, I, uh, I believe you. But do you know, like, how much microwaves, if these uh, smart meters are emitting more microwaves, I mean, that's kind of a crime in and of itself. If it's, you know, harmful levels, do you by any chance know, like, how much more when, you're, when you're when you are a TI, they, that's how they torment you inside your home, right? And uh, the, they they ramp up the frequencies running down the wires of your home. When you step outside, you're inside your house and you're just miserable. You step outside and it's like, wow, that's a relief to get out of that house. Get out. If, when you feel like, like you're uh, just being cooked alive, get out of the house. Get out of the house. They, can't, they, they can do it 24-7, but it, for some reason they don't. They don't do it 24 And there are usage periods that where the meters are communicating those frequencies. I'm sorry, go ahead. If you're going to say something, say it. I said you're repeating yourself over and over and over. Maybe that's somebody right. else would have a thought. Well, ma'am, to, uh, put in some something that's worth hearing. Go ahead and say what you need to say that's worth hearing. That's not your judgment. I'm I'm sorry you're judging me. The wiring in in the walls are set up now with the aid of the smart meters to torment you. Uh, There are periods that uh, in the mornings that I've noticed that when people arise and they're getting ready for their day to go to work, they're cooking their breakfast, they're taking their showers, they're getting their day going, put the coffee on, and all this electricity is being generated and the communications of smart meters going up and down your neighborhood block and your apartment complex and, and whatnot. It, those periods are the worst periods. That's when I suffer the very most. Oh, it's okay. in the mornings and in the evenings when people are coming home and saying hello to their families and cooking dinner and getting the the evening ready to put it down for the night. Those uh-huh. periods are the usage periods, and and the most electricity is being generated. That's when I suffer. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for myself. Okay. Yeah. 
That's interesting, yeah. and I believe you. It makes sense. It's logical. Yeah, and and uh, those the the I may have a different type of uh, magnetic frequency, but I, I speak from what I experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I just may have uh, just added more feathers to their hat, and they're they're high fiving each other right now, possibly over what I just said. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, I'm mm-hmm. not scared to. I'm I'm here. I'm not, I'm the Red Baron. I'm out there. I'm out there. He he flew a red airplane so they could come and get him. If you got the balls enough to come and get it, so be it. I'm right mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a that's the message to my perps. I don't care anymore. If they want it bad enough, they're more than welcome to try. Yeah, we have such a controlling society in general, you know, just even among, like, non-harmful people. Like, anything um, you do, like at Walgreens, CVS, like I have, you know, I do the little card so you get the discount, you know, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, all they keep up a, they keep a dossier on that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, all to see what are you buying, when are you buying, how much are you buying of it, and so you know they give you a little discount for it. And I should resist it because it's a form of surveillance. It's a form of control. It's a form of intrusion. You know, I could forget those cards and not ever get a discount, but then they're not keeping track of what I'm doing. I mean, I'm the principal. I probably shouldn't use those cards just because it's an invasion. Going back to the smart meters, mm-hmm. when you're in an apartment complex, I've mentioned this before on the on uh, the Saturday night podcast, but uh, when... A, a young family have babies and they uh, are unaware of what's going on with these smart meters in the community of their complex, their apartment complex. Some walls have as many as 20 plus meters. It's a bank. Oh. And on the other side, yeah, on the other side of that wall, Inside, that's a room with those babies in there. Yeah. It, uh, there's a crib uh, three or four feet away from that bank of smart meters and the generated power and mm-hmm. energy that's mm-hmm. coming off of those meters. My God, what a what a way to to torment and torture. And these parents that let their babies play with smartphones, Oh my God! I see it constantly, uh-huh. and I want to say, "Hey, what are you doing? You're you're letting your baby play with that smartphone." Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, oh, I think you man. know you're just you're just so much more aware, and I I do that too. Like my sister has carried her cell phone on her belt, you know, just to on the side of her stomach, like. Forever, yeah. and I saw oh, her oh, yeah. again, and I said, "Marilyn, 
stop it. I said, you just don't understand how powerful cell phone companies are. And they are so powerful that the information of how dangerous it is to have that cell phone there all the time is not getting to you. And so she, she took it off, and the next day I see her, and she has it right back on that belt loop. And I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't get anywhere. But same oh, wow. thing, it's because you're so much more aware, like that Barry Trower is so aware because he specializes in that. And you're just yeah. so much more aware. And, and we are so much more aware. You know, I never would carry my cell phone like that. And she's done it for so long. I've told her, I told her years ago to stop that. But she tell her about it. a website. Look up a website and tell her about that website, the, of the harmful effects of cell phones and smart meters and cell towers. Uh-huh. Here's another yeah. thing about cell towers. And I, I've got uh, five or six locations in this area. The cell towers around this neighborhood emit uh, such energy that it clears out industrial complexes. There's dead cell towers. They've, they've taken the technologies off of the tower, and just the skeleton of the tower is left with all these emptied out uh I, I know one place that has two cell towers that are at one end of each end of this industrial complex. That's a block, a city block. Yeah. That's not very far apart. Most okay. cell towers are at least a mile apart. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's like less than a quarter mile apart. One's at one end of the uh, industrial area. And the other end of that industrial area and the dock ramps and everything, they're empty. There may be one or two out of 15 or 20 businesses that have emptied out. And it makes you wonder, why are these areas with these cell towers empty? The people couldn't take it. They were getting headaches. Their ears were ringing. Their feet were burning. I know a place where there's an uh, uh, appliance repair service center, and there there's a uh, not a cell tower per se. There's antennas on top of a energy tower that carries the power cables, the power lines. Uh-huh. You know the towers that hold up yeah. the power lines. There's there's uh, antennas all over that that power uh, tower for the power lines. And right underneath that is this repair service center for going and picking up appliances and uh, getting taking your sick stove, your sick refrigerator, and you take it there and they fix it. There's a girl there, and she was complaining of her ear. My ear's ringing again. And, uh, oh, really? Mine were ringing yesterday. And then the, this conversation started up. My feet burned sometimes. Like, <laughs> and I was down there for knobs on our stove here in the house. I went down there to pick up some knobs, new, fresh knobs for our stove. And this conversation struck up. 
about the Myers ringing again today. They were ringing yesterday. Oh, yeah, really? Your your ears ring? Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Well, my feet burn. Yeah, Sometimes not my feet are burning. They're not huh? connecting it. Uh, they're not they're exactly connecting. They're, they're, yeah. Yeah, and there's a tower outside, you idiots. Get out of uh, Resign. Quit. Get your unemployment. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It may be hard. It might be difficult to co- collect on your unemployment under such circumstances, but I'd try. I would try. Okay. Better that than to wreck your health. Look around. Look where these cell towers are and how many businesses fold up. How oh, many I homes never, they, yeah, how many before. homes vacate from the area where these cell towers are? Yeah, I just I never I never noticed that before. Oh, they're they're thick in this neighborhood. They're thick. I could I could I, I'm looking at them in my mind right now where they are. I know at least four or five areas. The industrial there's a nursery. I know of that that shut down. It was only there for three years, and the cell tower appeared, <laughs> and it's gone. That nursery has relocated. It might have been killing their plants. I don't know. They have some sensitive plants in this world. And maybe that cell that cell tower just took care of it. Yikes. It's getting close to my bedtime and I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. Good night to everybody. It's been a, a wonderful Monday night. Uh, Derek, if you're still there, buddy, good night. I'll talk to you later. Okay, good night, uh, Mark. Take care. God bless everyone. Okay, well, good night. Good night. Well, I just want to make a comment. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yeah, it is related as to how difficult it is for people to understand the harm caused by radiation. And uh, one of the best examples is on my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my oldest daughter uh, became pregnant, um for the first time, she was already a college graduate, and um, she was using a cell phone <clears throat> and putting her phone right on the on on her belly. And I remember telling her that if uh, I could feel that phone about 20 feet away, she could imagine what uh, the effects on the little baby. And it's like uh, I was talking to a wall. Mm-hmm. The baby yeah. was born. It was a swollen mass that she was ashamed to show to her friends. Oh my God. The baby came with brain damage. Oh. Then uh, she became pregnant again. And again I told her. 
not to use cell phones because the same thing was going to happen to the baby. And it's like talking to a wall. I I know. And somehow we're just more aware, and I can't I can't get that awareness in people. I don't say the right words. I try, but it, I don't know what it is. And how yes, can we it, understand it? it? What? Yes, is and this example, you know, is a very clear example of how difficult it is to get the point across when the baby was born. The baby was born with brain damage and structural damage to the heart. Okay, she almost lost the baby uh, on a hospital. And uh, and then she became pregnant again. And this time I almost got on my knees. And I said, please don't do that to the little girl. And more or less, she wasn't using it as much. But then the baby came okay. Ooh. But do you think... She quit using the cell phone. Now she has a Wi-Fi inside the house with two kids with special needs. She's using the cell phone and allowing the kids to use uh, all kinds of wireless. She doesn't understand. Now, no, the awareness. They're just too powerful. And just to give you the, the, the numbers, and she knows the numbers. Uh, according to uh, the scientists, the number of children with born with brain damage increased from 10,000 to 1. Now uh, it was 10,000, I mean 1 in 88, but that was about two years ago. Right now we're down to 1 in 45. Wow. And according to scientists, if we continue using wireless in the pregnant and children, in a few years, we may end up with no child left uh, without brain damage. And by the time parents realize this danger, we're going to lose a lot of our kids. Even that she knows that, it's like uh, talking to a wall. So that time... I know. I I talk to walls all the time. I, I try. And, you know, Barry Trower makes that clear, and he's a specialist. And, you know, he almost literally cried on a video about it. Because the Wi-Fi just in the schools, he said, are so damaging. Um, I guess it just, we we get it and others can't. I, I don't really understand why. Um, it's, it's totally bizarre. Uh, totally bizarre. It's uh, yeah. something that uh, beyond uh, understanding but yeah. some people get it, not all of them. Some people get it, you know. It's like I've been telling people, some people do get it. Oh, that's good. You, you, it, you know, you may have really helped or saved one, and that's better than zero, you know, or more than one. Yes, and uh, and, 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 and some of them is happening here in my family. And not only, not only in my family, we have several kids born with brain damage, not only my daughter's. And the uh-huh. common thing is that the mothers were using cell phones when pregnant. Uh, but now, when they see the kids, uh, you know, suffering, you know, with inability to function, mm-hmm. uh, they still allow them to use wireless. But eventually, they're realizing and they backtracking. Uh, oh, one of the little girls, you know, uh, 
she's not using any wireless anymore. The and the parents are are going to wire. Oh, good, and, good. And maybe I don't know. You know, it's like uh, I don't I don't ask. Uh, but maybe it's because they see in the harm that is being caused on my children and how my kids are reacting. I mean, they're trying to avoid wireless on their own. Uh-huh. Uh, yesterday, you know, uh, one my daughter, my youngest daughter, uh, yesterday uh, she was exposed to some visitors coming into the house with wireless. And although I told them, you know, I walk inside the house and I told them, please don't use the cell phone. I was ignored, and then my kid was there. She's the one taking a hit. So today she came home about twelve because she couldn't she couldn't stand the pain on the on her on 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 her head and 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 on um, on her stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, and one of the things is that uh, the pediatrician knows about it. Uh, there was uh, she gave me letters, you know, uh, about my kids' reactions and everything. And then uh, she was harassed. Uh, one time she called me crying that uh, she almost got killed by raw harassment. And and since that day she refused to talk to me. And uh, she back, you know, she did not want to give me the referral to the doc to my doctor. Refused to give me my kids' medical records anymore. And um, today she uh, prescribes medicine for the headache and the stomach pain knowing that that's not the problem and that chemicals mm-hmm. make things worse. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, we're in the best hands, you know. The Lord is the one taking taking care of us. But, you know, I'm, I'm, this is only one case. We have millions of people suffering like that, but many don't have a clue what is happening mm-hmm. to their kids. So, you know, like I said, you know, the unrestricted proliferation of wireless radiation is going yes. to wipe out a big segment of the population. And I think, I'm I'm not sure if this is true, but I think England is a little bit ahead of the United States in regards to them having that in schools young for young kids. Like they're trying to stop it now, so they're a little bit ahead of us. But that's all I know and that's all I've heard and I, I don't know if it's true. Um. Actually, they're doing that. They're going back. You know, they they protecting the kids. They're, you know, in different parts of Europe, uh, for example, in in Sweden. Uh, I mean, since nineteen. I mean, since the year two thousand ten, they have more than two hundred and fifty thousand people diagnosed with electro hypersensitivity, because they were the ones using the cell phones first. So they're going back. You know, uh, they're protecting the kids. And, okay. and it's like here, we don't want to get rid of everything. We want the the wireless to be treated as the way, the same way that we're treating tobacco right now. Mm-hmm. Not to expose our kids, you know. And the adults, yeah, that's a, the that's a good that, analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the and whoever wants to take uh, the risk and they and they willing to take the risk, but they of age, you know, that's their problem. Right. Not to expose our kids involuntarily. That's a very good point. That's right. That's right. Because they don't know, and as adults, we should. And yes, we should anybody can protected. see. Uh, I want to give the website. I've been on the course for several years, trying to prevent that my kids' electro hypersensitivity becomes, as in my case, life threatening. 
I've been homebound for more than four years. I'm in pain 24 hours. I've been dying many times. So, you know, and my condition has been recognized by uh, federal and state agencies and courts. So there's no doubt about it. I've been diagnosed for by three doctors. But even then, even when an expert testified that my kids inherited my health condition, that my kids are uh, 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 swelling black spots and uh, bloody lines on their eyes was caused by the radiation in school, and that then my kids needed to be transferred to another school, the school refused to follow the doctor's directions, mm-hmm. and uh, they committed fraud on the court, uh, falsification of records, perjury, and uh, they retaliated against my kids. Instead of following the doctor's directions, they seated my kids closer to sources of radiation. And, um, and it was just poli- what the tobacco companies did. It's so similar. That is such a good analogy. They would go up to Congress and lie at Congress. And we, there's videotapes of it. Just stand up and lie and fraud and cover up. That, that's really... Um, a good comparison to try to get people to wake up a little bit about it. And uh, especially in regards to kids, just like you say, you're, you know, you're a good champion for them. It's just difficult. Yes. But you know, it is, those are the, they, they are the future of our, of, uh, uh, our, our national security, the national security, you know? So actually mm-hmm. my claim is that uh, they selling, the future of our kids and the future of our national security to the wireless lobby. Wow. That's pretty good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty smart. Well, no, I'm just a, a God-loving parent, you know, and like many are. And um, and every day that I go by, you know, I try to be uh, visible and vocal about this. Mm-hmm and uh, expose corruption to you know, all those uh, who have committed fraud on the course to conceal what I'm sharing today with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a, uh, somebody posted a website, uh, a criminal complaint against, uh, I mean, he names about 60, no, six, no more than 50 perps uh, with their titles and what they did specifically and everything. And uh, anybody can see it. It's uh, uh, it's been posted at www. dot gang stalking help. Just one word: gang stalking help. dot org, mm-hmm. and then uh, forward slash, and then my last name Mendoza with Z. Right there, okay. you can see medical documentation. Uh, pictures or reactions to this and my kids and myself and uh, and the criminal complaint sworn under penalty of perjury please share it as much as you can you know it can save it's a life saver it can lay it can save uh, mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that information and kind of reinforce what I think anyways about cell phones. I mean, I get pretty lazy myself, but it is a different matter for kids. And it is like tobacco. You know, people were so unaware. And the lobbies 
lied and covered up and lied to Congress. They were so, uh, you know, sort of untouchable. And uh, it takes a long time to change that. This is the same thing, but now just to put it into context, uh, according to the experts, uh, in the 80s, no one could have been elected president of the United States without the support of the billion-dollar tobacco industry. Now, if we extrapolate that, we can safely say that no one could be elected president of the United States or to a statewide office without the support of the trillion-dollar wireless lobby. Mm-hmm. That is what we are against right now. Mm-hmm. They buy, they I mean, they buy offices, they buy judges, they buy prosecutors. I mean, all the money, everything that money can buy, they buy it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody touches them right now. Nobody's really. They're they're just like you said. They're all powerful and they do what they want. As, as long as people are unaware, they'll remain in power. Only the Lord can save us from this, and I think He's already working. Oh, uh, the the ones making the decisions and their children are becoming victims of this, so it's an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, it's gonna fall by its own weight. This is too much. This is too mm-hmm. much, too mm-hmm. much aggressions, and uh, it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think eventually it will come. But in the meantime, the more effort we make to, to, to help people, the sooner it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really, really important point. Well, I hope you make a video about it um, because, you know, that's how I learned about it was from Barry Trower watching his. And, you know, it just increases your awareness. And if you make a video, you might be able to help more people, you know, see. Actually, there's a, there's a, uh, some journalist came years ago uh, from New York and they made a documentary. Oh. In my case, oh. and it's posted on motherboard. And oh, okay. It is uh, under the title "The Electronic Persecution of Jesus Mendoza," and then they put my mother's maiden last name, Maldonado. Anybody can see it. It's about fifteen fifteen minutes. Okay. Yeah, but it's very explicit. Thanks God. He uh, he sent these two angels and came and did an interview. And it's, it's there for people to see it. Okay. And, and part of part of my tribulation actually was placed on on the appendix of Doctor Hall's uh, book, uh, the satellite terrorism in America. It's there also.
Jesus, are you still there? Jesus? Yes, ma'am, I'm still here. ¿Cómo está? Bendecido. I feel blessed. Ah, good, good. Always good to hear your voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The same thing here. Thank you for being here. I just couldn't resist, you know, sharing on the topic. Yeah, you did very well. As, oh, as Mark did earlier, too. I, I oh, think, thank you. I think that we all need to hear you know, different voices and explanations in different ways so that people can more readily understand how this all works. Oh, and yes. To uh, going along with that, I was just thinking, you know, that it's a heck of a note that we are uh, unknowingly uh, complicit to a certain extent in our own assault and torture just by buying and buying into the lies that cell phones are safe and that other wireless devices are safe. If we, uh, or even a significant number of us, refused to buy cell phones and other wireless devices and demanded to have landline phones and wired routers and other wired devices, we could, I believe, effectively uh, have an impact on uh, the whole situation. Yes, that, that's a very good point. And actually, I was thinking about that, you know, and uh, how to how to uh, basically make more clear the harm that could be self-inflicted. And uh, and I was thinking that maybe if people will just um, download some of the medical uh, studies that show the power levels and the effects, the biolo biological effects caused by the different power levels, and then, you know, just buy a simple meter, you know, just a cheap meter that has, uh, uh, that measures levels of microwave radiation. I think that will be persuasive enough because it will help people to identify their symptoms and the symptoms of their children just by looking at the scientific studies that have power levels. And one of those publications free, okay, free download, it is um, a Ma Magda Havis, San Francisco, Airlink, Earthlink, Y5 Network, 2007, okay, the symptoms of electrohypersensitivity in more than 50 peer review scientific studies. That is one one um, one publication. All they need is the meter. The other one, it is uh, the Bioinitiative Report, 2007 and 2012. More than 100 scientific studies with power levels, free. 
to keep. And it's only a few pages. You know, if uh, people just look at the at the at the power levels and the harm that is that these power levels cause, just with with a simple meter, microwave meter, it could be the Acousticum two or the Acoustic meter, which is more expensive. You know, but the Acoustic Acousticum uh, two is not that expensive, and it's a vital necessity, and uh, it can, you know, right now many people can afford it. Later on, they may not, you know. And uh, so this is this may be the time for many, many, many people to buy them right now when they have the earning capacity to do so. Because it can disappear, uh, you know, and then it, it will be kind of late. Or, or uh, uh, people, a small group of people could get together and lobby their city uh, council to purchase some of these uh, meters and make them available for free. Yeah. Uh, wow, uh, that's a great on, idea. Yes, by all means. On loan uh, to to their constituents, citizens of their towns. Yes, yeah, so they can see how much they're reaching. You know, inside their mo- their homes, their sleeping places. That's right. Wow, that's that's a brilliant idea. Thank you for that. Well, actually, uh, it's Katie Singer. It's one of her. She's got uh, in in her book an electronic silent spring. She's got twenty pages of ink and solutions, and uh, this is just one of them uh, in her book. That uh, she says that schools and schools and perhaps libraries should uh, should have these meters available to loan to the citizens of the of the the city or the towns and also they they need to have of course a, a, at least a small amount of training uh in order to use them know what the readings mean you know yes and i forgot i forgot to mention the free catalog from less EMF, you know, the ones <laughs> that is, um, you're not going to believe it, but that's how I uh, got educated myself. I mean, that and the Bible was the two uh, publications that I had on me for many years, you know, and uh, I always got the new one, and I started looking into all the meters, and that's how I got familiar with the different types of radiation, you know, and... Uh, to compare how much do I have on my bed, how much do I have on the place that I'm working, how much do I have where my kids sleep. You know, it's just comparison without really knowing too much about the the technicalities. You know, that would be that would be enough. But I might uh, not mention uh that in the back of this catalog that keeps getting fatter and fatter because it's got more and more items clothing items, meters, uh, DVDs, and books. Uh, In the back, there are at least 15 pages of uh, DVDs and books that you can get. You can get generally a sort of a a sound basic uh, education just by reading the synopsis of the books. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. 
Yep. Oh. That's what I used to do. Uh, yes, reading uh, the the synopsis, you you learn a lot about the book and some you know, and I, and that's how I I pick uh, uh, I got my books, you know, and uh, and two of the I mean uh, some of the best books that I I think people should have, it's uh you know a wellness guide by by Kerry a uh, wellness guide for the digital age by Kerry Crafton. And the other one is Dirty Electricity by by Samuel Milham. And um, I Silent uh, Electronic Spring by Katie Singer. That's that's also an eye-opener. He cites stories of parents that lost their kids, and then they realize what happened to them. So, you know, it's it's a, it's also an eye-opener. And there are many books there, you know, that uh, they can they can read. You know, it's a it's something. It's amazing what is happening, you know, and it's there with all the documentation, scientific, and uh, you know, and even measurements. Uh, Doctor Crafton made a good job of putting even the the power levels and how it's affecting fetuses and children. You know, he's she's an angel. I just received that book here recently uh, myself, The Wellness Guide for the Digital Age, subtitled with Safer Tech Solutions for All Things Wired and Wireless. And I I am in total agreement that this is an outstanding, uh, easy-to-understand book. Oh, um, yes, yes. Is the product of more than ten years of research? Okay, so it's it's something you know. It's a jewel. And I think it's an updated version of her previous two books. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Uh huh. And uh, actually, an eye opener. It is a radiation rescue. He cites scientific evidence how a exposure to uh, a wireless devices. Uh, it's uh, about 25,000 nanowatts of, uh, per square centimeter of microwave radiation, and how between 100 and 500 microwatts per square meter causes brain damage. Okay, so that is uh, something, you know. And, and I use that site and, and the lawsuit against the law school they did not dispute it. Not only they did not dispute it, they did not dispute that they falsified the record to remove this evidence from the record. So, which is a lot better. Right, and I believe that uh, this is the book that uh, you previously attributed to saving your life. Is that right? Uh, well, it is. It was. It was a key piece of, of evidence against uh, the school district and falsification of government records, because they removed this evidence and then uh, from the rec from the from the record from the grievance record, which is a government record, and then when we went to court, they did not deny it. So you know, uh, that is stays there as evidence that uh, 
falsification of records to conceal the harm that is being caused on school children by the same radiation reaching them at school. It's um, and that that was thanks to to Dr. Crofton. Uh, it's Carrie Crofton, and her la- her last name is spelled C R O F, as in Frank. He is in Tom, O N. And again, the title of the book is A Wellness Guide for the Digi- Digital Age. Yep. And it came that out in one. 14. Yes, that's the one. Every I page, I mean, on on page 101, it has a list of symptoms of the harm caused by exposure to radiation. Uh, one day, my my little girl, my 10-year-old, uh, was just browsing the book and found page 101, and she started shaking with a pen all the symptoms, most of them. Then uh, she gave the book to my boy, and he checked. Not all of them, because he, he's not as bad. And then... I gave the book to my 15-year-old, and she checked most of them. Uh, on my on my case, uh, my ex-wife gave a cell phone to my 16-year-old. I mean, my 15-year-old. Even when she's complaining of feeling pain when using wireless, she became addicted to it, and she has tried. She 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 tried suicide three times. And it becomes more bizarre because, uh, you know, back in 2008, um, Child Protective Services came with a police officer to take custody of my kids because uh, an anonymous complaint claiming that I was mentally insane, that I was armed, dangerous, and abusing my kids. They uh, uh, made interviews with my kids, family members, and then they review my medical documentation to conclude that uh, my condition, electrohypersensitivity, is legitimate and that the complaint was malicious and made in in spite. That was 2008. Then in 2011, I made a complaint because my ex-wife refused to follow the doctor's directions. They refused to interview my kids. 2014, my kid made a, uh, an outcry. I mean, I'm sorry, 2015. My kid made an outcry to police about how she feel. I mean, about uh, this, the harm that she feels, uh, the, the symptoms that she feels when exposed to Wi-Fi radiation after my ex-wife refused to, to disconnect the Wi-Fi inside the house. Uh, the, in last year, two of my kids made a, a complaint to Child Protective Services, and they refused to intervene. And I don't know what it has to do, but I think it has to do with the fact that uh, conclusive evidence on the record has proven the collusion 
of uh, the uh, the then Attor Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott with several judges, including uh, a federal judge, to conceal my electrohypersensitivity and to deny my application for a doctor-recommended shielding room. So now he's the governor, you know, and uh, so he has more power. And uh, so the manipulation of Child Protective Services is very clear because when the the agent came on the latest uh, on the latest complaint that I made, he said that he was he was there to protect my kids, that he was gonna find why my my ch my ex-wife did not take my kid to counseling after she tried to commit suicide three, this, the last time, and why my uh, she refused to take my kids to to my doctor for evaluation and treatment of their condition. Uh, and then uh, he promised to review, after my kids made the outcry, he promised to review all the evidence in which my ex-wife admits her violence against my kids and admits committing perjury before the federal court and before the state court to conceal my kids' health condition. And he disappeared, and he just sent me a letter saying that uh, the case has been closed. Today, my kid came from school at 12 because yesterday uh, there were some visitors using cell phones inside the house. And today she couldn't she couldn't resist the pain on her head and the stomach. So you know, this we live this tragedy every day, but we're in the best hands. And I'm trying to be vocal and be visible as to what they do to our kids because my kids are not the only ones. We are aware, but some some kids, some parents are not aware of what they do to their kids. Uh, hey, Sus, uh, speak speak briefly about uh, who who you know through um, through connections uh, you found through um, the person up in Portland. You found. Uh, I believe you found a woman who's doing a, a documentary or a film. Oh yes, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, thanks to you. I mean, you gave me the number, and I just follow the lead, and eventually, you know, uh, the uh, uh, this lady is making a documentary on the harm being caused on children by Wi-Fi radiation, and uh, I'm supposed to send. Uh, uh, she wants a picture of myself with my kids. And uh, but right now she she she's on vacation, so you know I I still have a few days to figure out how am I gonna make it, how am I gonna be able to send a picture. You and know, uh, the, the medical documentation of my kids and myself, so you know that will give will give us more visibility. It hurts me, Jesus, that there might be other people out there with children who are suffering. Uh, visibly, who he might be interested in interviewing them, also. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I know yes, I'm trying every avenue to to be visible. Uh, like today, uh, you know, uh, every what somebody says, what goes around comes around. Uh, the lady. This lady attorney did not allow me uh, to make public comment on a school board meeting. 
uh, even when she received the medical documentation and everything, and even when federal law requires that I'm provide that I be provided access to to the board meeting by telephone, like other districts have done. And um, today I send her a letter because she's running uh, for judge on a juvenile court. So I'm telling her, oh, and she is the brother, I mean, she's the sister of the judge that committed fraud on the court to conceal the aggravation of my kid's electrohypersensitivity by the radiation in school. So today I send them an open letter telling her that she uh, is a reminder that she's not qualified to get elected to preside over a juvenile court because she refused to allow me uh, uh, to notify parents about the harm caused by wireless radiation in, in that district to conceal the fraud committed by his brother on his court and to conceal the harm being caused on children by the radiation, by the wireless radiation in school, and to conceal the, that, um, uh, that these exposures are responsible for the increasing number of children collapsing and committing suicide and for the increasing number of children uh, suffering or life-threatening and uh, terminal diseases. And the same thing, I sent another letter to uh, a judge on the Court of Appeals and the state level that is uh, running to get reelected with the same message that uh, he's not uh, qualified to to be reelected because he, with other justices, committed fraud on the court to conceal the harm caused on my kids and to and other kids by the Wi-Fi in school. And I send them a copy to their, uh, the other the other people running for the same office, and uh, hopefully, you know, I'll be uh, someone will be able to place them on a website so they can see them. And if they want to file a lawsuit for defamation, you know, uh, it will give me the opportunity to expose more this corruption. Did you also send a letter to the editor of your paper? Uh, tomorrow, ma'am. Thank you for reminding me. But today I called them up for the, the address. And uh, it, it, one of the papers uh, sent uh, one of the journalists to make an interview uh, last year or the year before. And uh, they recorded on a on a battery-operated uh, recording recorder. Uh, but they decided not to publish anything. Uh, but uh, tomorrow I do have the copies, thanks God, you know, and I'm on, I even have the postage and everything. Hopefully it will not be in, intercepted on the mail like it usually happens. And uh, hopefully they will get it before the election. And if they publish it, it's fine. And if, it do, if they don't, it's fine also, but at least they cannot claim ignorance. And uh, as I suggested earlier, it's always a good idea when you send these letters to officials or a newspaper, it, it, it can be very useful, I've found from experience, to CC, you know, a lot of people, including the governor and working your way down 
Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for that idea, you know. And uh, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I still have time because it's not on the on the envelope yet. And uh, and I'm going to do that. Thank you, you know. Uh, I always do the things that he allows me to do. If he allows me to make the copies, it's because he wants me to send them, you know. And uh, he provides the postage. Is that He wants me to send them also. And he has. So, you know. I'm going to do that. Thank you for that idea. You know, I'm going to put all everybody there. Now, probably the president, too. As I recall, he was pretty attached to his BlackBerry early on in his uh, election. Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed it, but, you know, in one debate, uh, he was using a, a cordless phone, and he made terribly on it. And then in the, ne- the next debate, he was using a, cord- a corded uh, microphone. You know, uh, so uh, I don't know. Maybe he's already electro hypersensitive. Who knows? <laughs> well, you know, you know that's what happened to the, uh, the woman. I think she was uh, from Norway, who was the head of the World Health Organization. She became electro sensitive. Gro Harlem Brutland became vocal about it, and then what happened? Well, uh, if you read the book uh, on uh, Doctor, I think it's um, uh, uh, Martin Martin uh, Blank Overpa- Martin Blank and Overpower. Uh, he explains how the Prime Minister of Israel confirmed that she was very sick because every time he walked close. To her, with his cell phone on his pocket, without she knowing, she started twitching pain. You know, and, and see how how this thing works. This is the same the same person, the prime minister of Israel, that admitted that radiation is causing electro hypersensitivity. Okay, that admission he made precisely at the time when this Israel uh, Israeli um, attorney was trying to persuade the Supreme Court in Israel uh, to disconnect the Wi-Fi in schools in Israel because there were children suffering of electro hypersensitivity. Before the prime, uh, this uh, this minister of health uh, made that admission, the government was saying that electro hypersensitivity was imaginary. So when the the this uh, minister of health made publicly on a hearing made the admission, uh, this attorney submitted the evidence along with uh, affidavits of parents and children suffering of electro hypersensitivity, and that's when the for the first time in the whole universe, a court ordered a government to determine the number of children suffering of electro hypersensitivity. And that happened, I think it was 2013, 2012 or 2013. I do have the citation. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard about that, but of course I do know Sweden was the first country in year 2000 
to uh, recognize electrohypersensitivity and to start uh, collecting data uh, uh, surveillance on the numbers of people, which, by the way, the, the, the last number that I heard was uh, in Sweden alone several years ago now, was three, it was 300,000. Uh, and yes. they are recognized as disabled and given some accommodations. And then in the year 2005, uh, UK, England, United Kingdom followed suit and recognized uh, electro-hypersensitivity and started uh, uh, making accommodations for this, uh, recognizing it as a di disability. And, making and, and there's one, one thing that is very significant. Uh, on the criminal complaint that I filed uh, with the FBI, he cites a specific, uh, concrete and undisputed evidence of uh, falsification of records, perjury, fabrication of evidence, and testimony, and um, filed on the courts by several judges, including uh, I mean, state and federal judges, and even Greg Abbott and many others, to conceal electro-hypersensitivity. The fact is that electro-hypersensitivity, it is conclusive evidence that wireless and other types of radiation not only cause harm, but they cause severe physical harm, something that the wireless lobby has been trying to conceal for decades. That's right, and the Navy and the military has been trying to suppress and conceal the studies that they have done for decades, too, since World War II, when the radar operators uh, started uh, uh, having unusual health issues uh, like leukemia. And basically, up to this time, if, uh, if anybody asks the wireless lobby, they come, you know, they repeat the same boring sentence. The scientific studies are not conclusive, but, oh, you know, up to this time, uh, I haven't seen anybody saying, well, uh, what about electro-hypersensitivity? It, it is recognized by federal and state agencies and courts. How do they explain that wireless devices do not cause harm? When it has been proven that electro-hypersensitivity, it is caused by exposure to radiation. France was the third country uh, just last year uh, to recognize uh, electrohypersensitivity as a uh, as a uh, phenomena, a health phenomena, as a disability, and all, they also make accommodations for the people there. Uh, you are probably already aware that uh, there is a um, at least one clinic in uh, in England that treats. Uh, hypersensitivity, and that there are six, at least six countries that that their governments make recommendations to keep cell phones out of the hands of children under, you know, various ages, 18, 16, 14, 12, or so forth. And here recently I heard that there are eight to ten countries that are in the process of banning uh, cell phones in in the lower um, lower grades. In elementary. Yeah, and that's basically what we, we need here, you know. It's exactly what we need here. And and let me tell you why. Uh, another reason. See, uh, before the Wi-Fi 
the schools here in South Texas, they have a low ceiling, okay? Most of them have the same exact configuration. A low ceiling with the power lines embedded in the middle of the classrooms with the with the with the with the subs electro electrical substations and electrical motors right on top of the ceiling. Okay? So even before the Wi Fi, the kids were being exposed to high levels of electromagnetic, electric and uh, dirty electricity. Okay? Then well, why would they even put a motor in the ceiling? You know, it's crazy, but let me tell you how the lower works. The first large school district to introduce more than 25,000 wireless devices into schools, it's next door. It's the McAllen Independent School District. And uh, then when they started, when, when kids started getting sick, uh, Right away, that year, almost 200 teachers resigned, okay? They went to another place. I don't know. It had to do with my, uh, with uh, the fact that I sent some emails explaining what, what was, what, what was going to happen to them. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But uh, the fact that is that teachers are very, are very, they're not, uh, I mean, they're very active on things that can, can cause them harm. So, you know, uh, so they, about 200 left, but then the kids started getting sick, uh, not learning, and they, they were stuck with with the kids getting sick, and then they couldn't do away with the, with the program because it was imposed by the Obama administration. So what they did, they tried to defraud the taxpayer of, uh, I think it was, Two hundred and fifty million dollars to in, to raise the ceilings on the on the schools, but that was a big load for the taxpayers, so they re, they they refused the bond, and now they 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 trying to do you know with uh, they they still trying to do it, but with the budget that they have. In the meantime, the uh, superintendent just resigned after you know he got. Uh, a raise of uh, you know he was receiving like almost a quarter a quarter million dollars a year, so you know because that's criminal. What he did is criminal. So you know he bailed out, and um, the other one, uh, the mastermind of uh, of this program, Arn Duncan. You know, in one of the lawsuits, I explained all all uh, every fact of, the, of his conspiracy. He resigned. Also, every act of the conspiracy of the director of the Texas Education Agency, he resigned. And um, the mastermind uh, to lower the, the, the academic requirements and testing to conceal the harm being caused on children by the wireless radiation, he's not running for office anymore. So, you know, everything is falling by its own, by its own, by its own weight. But, you know, what they're doing to the kids are, is criminal. So you know that's what I'm pursuing. You know, uh, criminal charges against those who are responsible. Oh, well, hey, Jesus! If there are other people out there 
out there in CI land, out there listening on the uh, conference call who are interested or may have children or know people who have children that are suffering, uh, would you would you care to give your phone number out? Oh no no it's a it's a it's, a, it's on the public record, and thank you for 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 asking me. It's a nine five six five one nine seventy one four zero. Now uh, not only for that, but if anybody wants to buy meters and they're not too sure which ones to buy. Uh, I've been on this for more than 15 years on this tribulation. And um, also, if any TI uh, is struggling with family members, uh, over the years I've been able to uh, talk to parents and even children of those TIs who refuse to believe or, or struggle to understand what is happening. So I try to advise them not to abandon their family member because that's when this person needs their help the most and their understanding. So, you know, feel free to, you know, if you have any anything, you know, I'll try my best. Sometimes I'm not very good, you know. Sometimes you can you can hear my voice coming through a, a, a PCV pipe, and that's, what I'm, that's why I'm using one sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I get very sick, but you know I'll try my best to to help others the same way that I would like to be helped. Thank you. You're welcome, ma'am. Eric, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm yes. just wondering. I'm just thinking maybe there's somebody else that wants to say something. Oh. I wonder, wonder if Derek is uh on the uh, he can is on the board so that he can open up any other line. Yes, maybe he's still there. Okay, um, I'm just checking, just, I kind of, um, uh, dozed off for a second, so. <laughs> oh, we did it again, Jesus, we put him to sleep. Oh, okay, um, yeah, it's been a good night, um, I just, hold on. Okay, who are we looking for? Did someone start eight? 
I'm just just thinking, you know, uh, uh, we've had the air for uh, some period of time. Maybe there's somebody else that wants to say something. No announcements? Uh, uh, Comments? Well, they might not be at their phones or something. Derek, how many are still on the line? Oh, hold on. Okay, it says 43. Thank you very much for being there. Uh, highly appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Derek, thanks for, thanks for uh, what you do and what you've done. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, we've accomplished a lot. And um, I believe we... There's a lot more that is awaiting us. Yeah, so some people think that I'm a, I'm I'm just new, but uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah. I tell him, I tell him that I that I've been talking to you, you know, for I think more than ten years. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The thing is, uh, you know, everyone that called me because I uh, somebody posted my my. My telephone and everything on the and people TIs that call me, I will send them to you. You know, over the years. Oh wow! And, and mm-hmm. uh, but every time a TI will call me, you know, it will get worse for me. Oh really? Wow! Yeah, and even when I receive the newsletter, you know, oh man. Mm. So you know, and uh, and I was barely trying to make it through the you know through the cases in the litigation so the thing is that I, after the San Bernardino I almost you know it got so bad that I thought I wasn't going to make it and I say it, it can get any worse and that's what I started reaching out and getting into the conferences and everything oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I just want to say that um, the uh, the call could be automatically um, it, it'll, it'll automatically close in just a few minutes so if we cut off that's what happens oh Oh, okay. No, but thank you very much for being there. Thank you. Okay. Good night, Linda. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Good night, Jesus.
dreams and, and sweet dreams and blessings. Blessings, the same thing to you. Good night, Derek. Okay, good night, sis. Good night, Derek. Okay, good night, Linda. Anybody there?